So they start staring at each other. And then they hit the fucking credits. They hit the credits. Wow. They don't even say anything. Welcome to 141 and two thirds percent. The wrestling podcast hosted by two laps wrestling fans who could literally stop watching wrestling at any time. My name is Tyler. I'm Will. I'm getting real close to not watching wrestling ever again. Wow, I mean, we are on week two, people, and what a time for us to choose to start doing this podcast. Like, it is so tumultuous. (laughs) It is crazy out there. My faith in WWE has... It was it was already low to begin with. They built me back over this last year, coming back and watching again. And now I am fucking ready to go because it sounds a lot like 2015 out here right now. Yeah, that's very true. But at like on the other side of it, this could all be a work. We could be just giant fucking marks, and The Rock is actually a genius, and he's making us look like fools. But are but are they? Are they that smart? Will and I. <laughs> Will and I all week have just been, we, we're just trauma bonded. We're just talking, con- we're just like trying to raise our, our each other's spirits over text message. Like, it's seemingly like three or four times a day. Our spouses are worried about our mental health. It's affecting my real life. I am so fucking fired up about what's happened. We chose the weirdest time. To start this, well, oh, you know, well, Royal Rumble's coming up. Now's a good time. It's March WrestleMania. We can finally start this podcast. We're gonna have a grand old time. This is a great time to start. And then they do this to us. And then they of do all this. fucking things. Okay, so last week we did a two and a half hour podcast and didn't cover everything. So let's get right into the news, and then we'll get into the anger that we feel. I'm assuming throughout the episode. We still got the Raw from last week to cover. So we're going to go Raw, SmackDown, Raw. But first, we'll hit up a little bit of news. I wanted to start first with a message that Will sent me. And this is really, honestly, the biggest news of the week. It far (laughs) surpasses Vince. It far surpasses some of the other stuff we're going to talk about. But, Will, let the audience know, where did you find this piece of information? And please enlighten them as to what you have found. Well, uh, like all good news stories, I found it on Reddit at 5.30 in the morning or 6 o'clock in the morning. Which I just want to clarify for our listeners that that's Will's wake-up time. He's not up at 5.30 because he's been up all night. That's what that's that's typical for me. But Will's yeah. an early riser. He I'm catches that riser. worm. I get that, all right? I, I'm up. I'm ready to go. I'm catching the news. I'm scrolling. I'm looking at Reddit. Let's go. Uh, I'm scrolling one morning, and uh, I see a little tweet show up. From uh, one thumb talking gentleman named Solo Sokoa. And uh, I just gotta, I, I have to pull this up real quick because these tweets are amazing. And they start like, they start going, <laughs> really, they start getting viral. It really tickled me. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> someone on the internet. So Solo's, Solo's uh, Twitter was shut down sometime around this whole rock fiasco. Yeah, And the assumption was he was getting hammered because of his connection to the bloodline. But we're pretty sure after uh, some after Will's deep dive. Oh, I, I shouldn't call it a deep dive. Will's uh, w- wading into the shallow, shallow pool, <laughs> the shallow part of the pool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that uh, some tweets were uncovered from him as a ute. And it's 
you know, really wholesome compared to some of the other tweets that have been found from other people, other famous people in high school. These are actually really, you know, benign. This is uh, great. But Solo, <laughs> Solo tweeted a lot about his hatred of math. <laughs> he was in high school. <laughs> well, it just it, it's hilarious to me because Solo and I are the same age. I think he's maybe right. like a year older than me. So we were in high school at the same time. So this is this is a period of time when you were tweeting nonsense for no reason whatsoever. And I've gone since I've become a, a grown man and matured in my life, I've gone back and deleted a lot of those uh more uh checkered tweets that I have. Uh, and most of the tweets were dumb anyways, but some of these tweets that Solo posted when he was in high school, great stuff. Uh, I've got one here from November 21st, 2013. Damn shit, I hate math. Blowing nose emoji. (laughs) (laughs) I have another one from the month before, October 29th, 2013. Hate math! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. And then from five days earlier, October 24th, 2013, I hate math, upset faces, upset face, upset face, upset face. So he must have been going through a test or some sort of study, some form of some sort of like exam period at this time. And he was not having fun. But other people were like they even dug even further to find what other tweets he was going on. And this one, this one is is one of my favorites that somebody found. Uh, anybody have a Netflix account I can get on? Pray emoji, pray emoji. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see those ones. I just saw the math ones you sent me. That is fucking incredible. <laughs> I, I think. One, okay, so oh, keep going. Yeah, one, one more, one more. This one from uh, uh, May twenty seventh, twenty twelve. I'm trying to go to the water park though. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that one. I saw that one. <laughs> it's so good because they've like positioned him, you know, from the moment he came in as the silent assassin. Yeah. And, you know, for for our listeners, I don't think I talked about this last week, but one of my like my dream match for WrestleMania for Cody and Roman was a lumberjack match, which I'm a I'm a big fan. We're going to talk about it a little bit later in the show. I'm a big fan of gimmick matches when they mean something. Yeah. And uh, I love a lumberjack match. And I think they've fallen out of favor because it's, like, really difficult to, like, convince all of these, I'm going to say millionaires. Some of them, I'm sure, are 100,000 heirs. But to convince them to stick around and stay in their, their gear to go out there and surround the ring and be lumberjacks. But my dream match was to have all these people you know, outside of the ring at WrestleMania that Roman had fucked over with the bloodline so that yeah. you had this equalization of it, right? And maybe actually have, you know, whatever remaining parts of the bloodline are left and kind of balance it out a bit. But that was my dream. And so I, to continue that dream, I now just want like a whiteboard or a chalkboard just filled with like calculus and to be in one of the corners and solo like interfere, like he takes out like four or five like lesser people that Romans feuded with or the bloodline is feuded with. Like we're talking maybe like a Sami Zayn, uh, we're talking, uh, Maybe like Hurt Rollins or whatever. Sure. And then he like stumbles upon the chalkboard and this look <laughs> in his eyes is like, Ugh. <laughs> and then he just runs through the crowd, <laughs> just bails through the crowd and escapes. <laughs> okay, so that's uh, the air. 
as he's crawling through the crowd. <laughs> his, his thumb just yelling at him about math. All right, let's move oh. on to some more serious news. Um, Jacob Fatu is a free agent, which is uh, kind of a huge deal. He is part of, like, I'm going to say the blood. He's part of that Simone um, family that, that family. is a, a, a large... A group of Samoan wrestlers who have dominated wrestling for a very long time. And Jacob, I would argue in the matches I've seen him have in MLW, which is Major League Wrestling and Independent Promotion, he is one of the best workers. He's great on the mic. He's great in the ring. The issue, I think, has always been, I, I might be misremembering this, but I do believe he has multiple convictions of lesser orders. Uh, like, I, I, I'm, I'm, this, I'm just... Speaking completely out of hyperbole here, but like man, like not manslaughter. Um, like uh, like I think he's had a few public fights or like drunk driving or or like minor infractions, but that would re- you know restrict his ability to leave the country and work in Canada, Mexico, yeah. Germany, Australia. Yeah. You know. So From I'm interested I'm to see. Looking at here, it looks like he was arrested for robbery. This is just from Wikipedia, from a quick Google, uh, right. around That's the time right. when he was 18. So uh, probably just a little bit more of a checkered uh, childhood compared to some of the other members of the family. And like you said, that'll just make it harder for him to work internationally, which WWE or even AEW will need you to do. To be successful. Yeah, AEW to a lesser extent, but certainly WWE, which has a real presence right now internationally, right? Absolutely. So a lot of people have already theorized that this could be a a next chapter in the bloodline. And, and, you know, I'm pretty over the bloodline stuff, but it does seem, we're going to talk about it later, I promise, guys, we got lots of time to talk about this. It does seem like we're coming into the end game of the bloodline storyline. So it would be interesting to see him come in in some aspect, whether it's for Roman or against Roman. Um, there, there are possibilities there, but I just think the logistics of it are kind of the bigger problem for him. Honestly, if he didn't have those charges, I think he would have been in WWE a long time ago. Um, but just something been, to keep on the radar moving forward. He could have been a Solo's math teacher. That could be an angle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, uh, do you know... Um, Oh, God, I'm blanking on his name. Steven, uh, oh, fuck. Oh, come on, Tyler. Not Stevie Richards. Oh, why am I blanking so hard right now? There was a guy, he was the champion of ECW and 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 had a good career, and he was in WWE for a brief period as, like, a teacher. He was the teacher character. And oh, one day okay. we are going to do, like, occupational gimmicks um, and, and run some of them down. But it was one of the like most gross misuses of someone who is like really, really amazing at you know wrestling and delivering promos, and they just had to be a teacher. I can't believe I'm spacing on his name right now. I'm gonna look it up right now. Um, let's see here. It was e- he was the first ECW champion because I'm not sure Will if you're aware, but back in the day there was the NWA and there was multiple territories across the world, or sorry, across North America. And Shane Douglas was the name I was looking for. You know who Shane Douglas is? Uh, the name sounds familiar, but I'm going to say no. He had time in all the major uh, major promotions of the day. He had time in WCW right. and ECW and WWF. Um, but yeah, in WWF, he was grossly misused as this character who was a teacher. And I would love to see him back <laughs> and try to teach a solo math. Or same with... Um, 
oh god, uh, uh, Randy Savage's brother, um, one of the Poffos, he also had that kind of similar gimmick in the eighties where he was like a professor, he was like Professor Poffo or something. And both of them can unite to incredible teach solo math. But yeah, Shane Douglas. So yeah, with the NWA Championship, it was multiple promotions, and then like there was kind of like a group, a committee of all of these promoters who would decide who would hold the belt, and then that whoever was the was AWA champion. No NWA. The NWA. NWA. Okay, yeah. Okay. All right. AWA right. was part of the NWA, so okay, they would got put the belt on okay. somebody, and then that person would work on their territory, but they would also kind of go around the country fighting, you know different people and for various reasons would retain the belts if it was a heel then there'd be a lot of like you know interference or whatever they'd put them against yeah. the top baby face or if it was a baby face the heel would do something that gets disqualified or they'd put them over or whatever yeah. um but yeah not important yeah uh, I, so yeah I, i've been um, reading a book about the territories a little bit just not reading but like listening to a an audiobook about it so th- parts of it sounds familiar but you know when you're reading when you're listening to an audiobook you're like doing something and you're disappearing out of it yeah. and come back in that sort of shit no, but yeah like sorry i've been there no yeah i just that, that's all for uh jacob fat too it's interesting to see if he does show up and what they can do i mean obviously wwe has a lot of money politically they can kind of get the ball rolling on different things and maybe you know get him exonerated for the crimes and and have him come in and if the money you know like like everything else with these corporations if the money is there for them to put into it to get a return, they're going to do it, right? So I'm sure they're probably considering that right now as we speak. Exonerating um, Jacob you know. Fatu from his crimes is such a funny statement to say right now. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Especially with everything WWE is going through. Uh, one more thing before we touch on the big WWE Vince saga and and, and all the, the sex trafficking. Um, uh, Rossi Ogawa apparently is out of stardom. Now, I don't, you don't really follow Japan like at all, right? No, 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 no. I just Googled this right now. So I'm a little familiar with what's going on, but not entirely. So tell the people, Tyler. Yeah. So like, you know, I don't really follow Japan as close as many other people. So if you are a, a fan of Japanese wrestling, forgive me if I'm going over, you know, glossing over some major details, but Rossi Ogawa is basically the father of... Japanese women's wrestling is the best way to put it. Um, he's been involved in multiple promotions, and he was a you know one of the I believe three founders of Stardom, which is the arguably the biggest women's promotion right now in Japan. Where Japanese women's wrestling is like a little bit more from from what I've gathered. Again, I'm not a big Japanese wrestling fan. Women's wrestling in Japan is taken a lot more seriously than it is here. Seriously right. might not be the better word, but just more like. It's more popular, kind of similar to how, you know, is anyone watching women's hockey in Czechoslovakia or in, in, in uh, sorry, not Czechoslovakia, that's the country has been gone for 30 years. In Czechia, no. Do they have a women's <laughs> hockey league and a hockey team? Yes. yes. But I don't think people are, even hockey fans are not as, like, well aware of it, right? But I think in Japan it just has a higher status. Um, but Rossi Ogawa is, like, he was the member that, he was the guy in charge of the talent. He was the Triple H. He was the guy who gave a start to a lot of these women's careers. And because women's wrestling is so popular in Japan, got the start of a lot of North American women into the big time. You know, scouted talent in North America that was being underutilized and brought them over to Japan to fight in front of bigger crowds for bigger paydays. And a lot of women 
love him. And I don't mean I don't mean women love him. I mean a lot of Japanese, or I mean a lot of uh, women wrestlers, both Japanese and North American and worldwide, have a lot of loyalty to him um, for right. giving giving them their start. And there's been a lot of rumors online about him maybe coming to WWE or maybe starting his own promotion in Japan, another new promotion in Japan. Ooh. Um, but it's also there's a few Japanese uh, women wrestlers in Japan, specifically, not necessarily Japanese, that are very well regarded, that have been linked to maybe coming and making the jump to North America. And I mean, AEW's women's division is in fucking shambles. It's just terrible. Um, my opinion. You don't have to agree. But, uh, th- you know, they've been linked with WWE and AEW. So if they did end up getting Rossi on the on the uh, payroll in WWE would be a fucking coup because there are so many women wrestlers that he can bring in just based on loyalty and trust. Yeah. Yeah. I'm even seeing uh, names like Chelsea green, like some of the, some of the people that he's had uh, come out to stardom are uh, like for even just guest guest bits or just like while they were freelancers or, while they're working up, like they, some of these people are now at WWE or AEW, like Chelsea Green. So, yeah, he could have that power. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, like one of the biggest names right now is. Uh, do you know who Julia is with a G? Julia with a G. I can't say so. No. So she's an English-born Italian Japanese professional wrestler who's in stardom. And she's probably the biggest name right now in women's wrestling outside of WWE or AEW. And there's been a lot of talk about her coming over sooner rather than later. But now that, you know, Ogawa's in stuck in the middle, I mean, I saw something she came out and said, like, if she doesn't really want to make a decision until she can help Ogawa maybe start the new promotion and work six months there and help him out because of everything he's done for her career before she moves over, right? But she like it's it's tough because the North American audiences don't necessarily want what the Japanese audiences want. So you have that adjustment period. Like Eo Sky, Eo Sky was like phenomenal in Japan, but it took her yep. a while to get into the North American style and get over with the crowd. And, you know, now she's women's champion, which is amazing for her. Um, but there is that adjustment period, right? When you go to North yeah. America and you have to work a different style. Yeah. Um, I don't want to spend too much more time on this. So let's move on. Just some quick notes here, because, again, we're unqualified to talk about this. The first little bit about this whole Vince McMahon sexual trafficking thing, part of the fallout, is that Lesnar's getting whited out of everything. Yeah, he's getting the Benoit treatment. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, yeah, honestly, it's getting it's getting to be like that. He's been removed from all the creative plans. He was supposed to fight Dom at Elimination Chamber, which is why you saw, uh, from what I, I gather, I don't know if we touched on this last week, but um, the Braun Breaker got the Lesnar spot. Basically, everything yep. Braun Breaker did was supposed to go to Lesnar. Um, so he was supposed to fight Dom at EC, and uh, he's been removed from the Supercard game. He's been wiped from all of the al- uh, album art, all of the cover art for uh, the uh, WWE 2K24. Yep. And they are whitewashing this motherfucker and giving him the boot to the corner, which is probably best. Yeah. Yeah, consider everything going on. I mean... I, 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 
congrats to Braun Breaker to for accidentally falling into this situation and kind of making the most of it in the last like couple of weeks because I like the Lesnar situation is terrible, but I don't know. Braun Breaker seems to be getting kind of a pop right now in the wake of it, and I think it's kind of earned in a way. <laughs> well, he he can go. That's the thing. Is go. like Braun is young and he's got the blood in him. He's got the Steiner blood and he can he's not bad on the mic. He's great in the ring. He seems to have a lot of personality. We're going to yeah. talk about him a little bit long, uh later in the show when we get on to the latest SmackDown um and Raw. But uh yeah, I mean, there's not much more to say about it, obviously. Like, you know, we're unqualified, and, and we're already 20 minutes into this. But, yeah. you know, Lesnar's getting kind of uh, pushed to the side for now until more information comes out. I don't anticipate this ending well for him. Just the association with Vince and some of the things that came out with uh, him wa- wanting wanting P. He, he wants P. <laughs> so that's not going to end great. <laughs> Do you think this will end with uh, charges for Lesnar, or will this just be a more or less a, a whitewash? Like, we'll just never see Lesnar in any WWE capacity ever again? I think we don't see him. I don't think it's going to result in charges or anything. Again, we are not exactly insiders here, and more might come out in Discovery. Um, are you Are you familiar with, like, the concept of Discovery going to trial? Uh, all I know about courtroom, uh, about the courtroom and how it works is from the Rick and Morty courtroom. The, 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 fe- the Phoenix Wright ace attorney. Oh, the, just the bit, just that one bit. <laughs> you know, the one. <laughs> yeah. I encourage you all to, uh, look up Rick and Morty doing, uh, it's, it's, oh God, I don't remember his name, but it's someone versus the state of Georgia. Um, anyways, so <laughs> it's so good. A lot of the time with, um. With, with lawsuits, they settle out of court because if you're actually going to go to trial, there's a process called discovery where basically each lawyer needs to, each team needs to divulge everything they know about the case to each other. And then discovery can bring out a lot of details that haven't necessarily been made public and they can bring it into the public eye. So that's one of the main reasons other than financially you don't see things going to trial because the process of discovery can bring out a lot of things that people want to keep hidden. And it's already been kind of established by the the team going against Vince here that they don't want to forego that. They're not looking for a settlement. It seems like they want to go deep and fucking cancel this man and end his life. And so we'll see what comes out in that process if it gets that far. But as long as anything else, as long as nothing else additional comes out, I see a path forward for Lesnar to get out of this to some extent. Or at least, you know, come back and be inducted to the Hall of Fame in 10 years. But, you know, it all depends on the ebbs and flows of our culture and where we're sitting. Yeah, yeah. Politically in 10 years, you know? Yeah, maybe P is a big thing in 10 years. We don't know yet. Yeah, and, like, there's also, like, you know, a lot of the time progressive movements are counterbalanced by ultra-conservatism later, right? We see that 
that flow in history where there's a response to the previous generation where things start to get much more conservative and who cares what people did. It was the past. Um, a lot more exploitation. Like, you know, you see that that those waves in, in, in the history of time, especially now where the waves are getting a lot shorter because of the nature of social media and the internet. So, so you know, I, the P it, waves. it'll just depend on the political climate. Sorry? The P waves. The P waves. That's right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just to quickly move over into Vince. Vince is now getting investigated by federal prosecutors for sex trafficking because I'm Ugh. assuming based on the allegations and it being over state lines federally, they're stepping in for more serious charges. There's really not much else to say on that. That's all really kind of where it is right now. They're they're starting to do those preliminary they're, they're starting to do the preliminary research and and you know start to think about maybe persecuting him on a federal stage. <laughs> Um, I'm basically going to drop it there. Do you have anything else to say about it? <laughs> nope. No, nope. we'll leave it there. There'll definitely be developments over the next couple of weeks. We'll try to keep an eye on it. Uh, but there is a lot to talk about in kayfabe as well right now. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay, so let's quickly, guys, we missed Raw last week because we went two and a half hours. We're clipping right now. Let's hopefully, let's just try to get through this one quick. This is the Raw from January 29th, uh, two days after the Royal Rumble, uh, live from Tampa Bay. I mean, so same place, kind of, different arena. You're at the Amelie Arena, which is where the Lightning play. Uh, Still good crowd, though. Florida crowd was packed in there. It was interesting to me, first thing off the bat, that the rum they did this with the SmackDown too on uh, on Friday that the recap of the Royal Rumble was out of order. They did the women's rumble, then the US title, then the four way, and then the men's Royal Rumble, which was out of order of the presentation of the Royal Rumble itself, which was a little weird. Yeah. I okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it was a little weird. I, 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 but you know what happened later in the night? I guess kind of <laughs> uh, led into that. Um, so McAfee's back. Yay! I, it's you know cool. Yay! McAfee's back. The crowd seems to love him. He seems to really love wrestling, and I appreciate that about him. But he brings energy, but he's just not really that good on the mic yet. He's not. Maybe he just needs to spend a little bit more time in the actual universe watching the shows week to week. With a little In bit fact, of media training. While watching this Raw, actually, the, while watching the last like week and a bit with McAfee uh, on the on the commentators table, Michael Cole is actually doing a far better job now because he has to carry this so much. <laughs> I'm like, he really there does. are points there. There are points throughout Raw and SmackDown where I'm like, wow, Cole is like really in this right now. And it's because McAfee is so new. He's just so new. And McAfee doesn't even know what to say at certain points when he's trying to freak out about something. He just gets he gets choked up. And I feel that, man. Like, even while I'm talking, I, I'd get choked up. But he just kind of stops himself. And then Cole lets it hang there in the air for a second. And he just continues on without him. He's just like, fuck this guy. I just have to keep this show going. Yeah, like, the whole rework of the... The booths, I get it because like Cole seems to really love McAfee and they've worked together in the past. And Cole's obviously the most senior announcer in the company, so he can carry McAfee. And boy, does he need to carry McAfee. Yeah. 
Poor guy. So we come out. We start up uh, Raw with a punk promo. Comes out. Defers to Cody. He's in the sling. He's got a Chad Gilbert shout out, which I found was fucking wild. So you can see the notes this week, Will, which you did not have access to last week. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I didn't know. Did you know who Chad Gilbert was? Because I did. No. Get, t- catch people up. So he's a former. Well, he's. I think still currently, he's one of the founding members of Newfound Glory, <laughs> he, a pop punk band. He was lead guitar and backing vocals for them. Uh, he was married to Haley Williams from from Paramore for a bit. Uh, every okay. person right. born in 1990s dream. Um, and he was the vocalist for a little band called Shy Halud, which is a little tie into Will's love of Dune. I thought Will would like that. Oh, I got to check this out now. <laughs> There's a band by a punk guy who's in a pop punk band called Shy Halud and Will. I think that's your new favorite band. Oh, man. Now now you've unlocked something for me, and I got to I gotta pay attention to pop culture more. All right. All right. We got we got Shy Halud. We're Let's in, Let's keep baby. going. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, punk's, punk's taking the high ground. He's deflecting the praise. I and honestly... Then, when it comes to Punk's promo here, or not, pro, it's not a, it's, I wouldn't say it's a promo. It's more of just kind of an addressing of the situation. He's wearing the sling. Um, you can see like the emotion, like his eyes look really tired. It definitely looks like he hasn't slept very well in the last like two days since uh, oh, Rumble. Yeah. He looks rough and I feel he's so bad. Boy. Yeah, he's real sad. Yeah. And that's, it's clear that it's very, very real. And I also think that the pressure of the last like, th- 72 to 96 hours not just for on him but like on the company as a whole is definitely weighing on him a little bit more because it is his big return and now he's got this injury and I, I i feel it um i did find as he was going through like as he was talking about chad and like the cancer bit i did find it was kind of a little preachy but then it got it, it just got to that point where it was almost like it was it was almost going into like this old punk preachy like back when he was in the straight edge society you know where it was like almost like oh man where are you going here and then drew came in and oh boy oh man drew, drew. so drew's music hits and drew right now i he's figured it out know, man he's figured you it got out cody you got punk you got Rollins. You got Sammy. You got so many over baby faces right now. But I am so fucking impressed with Drew. I'm going to spend a lot of this episode talking about Drew McIntyre. I am so impressed with how the crowd did not want him to turn heel. You know, we're talking like about four months ago, five months ago. He's kind of languishing in the middle of nowhere. He's not quite mid card. He's not quite main event. Right. And he gets into this feud with Seth, and he's still not even really a heel. And the crowd doesn't want to boo him. The crowd no. wants to cheer for him because they love Drew, and he's put his life on the line for this company. He held the belt during COVID. He's just been nothing but a solid fucking worker. He goes out there, delivers great matches, great promos, and he just kept hammering this like tweener heel angle. He's not quite heel. 
I fucking love Drew McIntyre. <laughs> He's so he might he, be my favorite it's wrestler. So good. He's so good right now. It's so great. And you're right. Like over the past four months, like it started off as a bit of a kernel and you would see it when he's delivering this, these promos where you would, he was, he was trying to take a heel approach to these promos, but it was still coming from that old McIntyre state of mind um, or that old McIntyre character. And the, the interesting part about these promos over the course of the last four months when he was starting to feud with Rollins and he was starting to feud with uh, Jey Uso and as we led into Survivor Series and all that great stuff. Um, the, the thing that was interesting about these promos is that he had really good, honest points that every time you heard him spoke, you, you were like, well, he's kind of right. And then he just kind of leaned into yeah. it a little bit more and leaned into it a little bit more. And now he's at this point where... He's just he's all the pieces have clicked into place. And now his his social media is hot fire right now. The things that he's sending out as tweet as tweets is insane. The the chirps that he's throwing at random at everybody. So good. And people love it. We're all here for it. (laughs) Really? Like you want to boo him as a fan because, you know, you're supposed to kind of. But then he says something so fucking ridiculous, like that line when he was like, I pray, like, I, I prayed for you and I prayed for this to happen. <laughs> you're just you're like, like oh. dude, you're not allowed to say that. <laughs> uh, it's so good. He's so great right now. I, you know, I would love in my, my dream scenario when we're going to talk about more about the fucking Rock and Cody is I want them to backtrack on this and I want Rollins to have a nice break and I want them to put the belt on McIntyre and I want a heel run with the championship until Punk can come back and take it from him. That's what I dream of right now. That's a great, that's a great direction. All right, let's keep moving here. Okay, sounds good. Um, So yeah, we're just going to whip through this a little bit here because they're kind of undercard shit and we don't have time, but... You know, uh, we saw another walking promo, the change of production that we've seen the last few weeks with DIY um yeah. then uh you know I, how do you I, feel about these types of promos before we dive a little bit deeper because these promos have showed up quite a bit since that raw a week uh over a week ago i don't hate them because it takes the illusion of when 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 one acknowledges the camera the crowd can acknowledge the camera and understand that the performers see the camera there's nothing mm. really more infuriating for me than a backstage event that happens where they pretend like the cameras aren't there. Yeah. I want to see the realism. I want them to know the camera's there. So you can have the interview segment with uh, Jackie Redman or Kathy Kelly or whatever, and those are fine. That's traditional. I understand it. I do prefer this than us getting like a candid look at something where... We secretly see something we're not supposed to see, even though there's cameras and lights in production. I prefer that to. Yeah. I prefer this to that. So I don't okay. hate it. Yeah, I think the the hard part about it is that it's still a bit cheesy right now. Because when you have guys like DIY that kind of like they say their little they say their little shtick and then they run out there, uh, the the framing of it feels a little cheesy. But also maybe the people that they have doing it for the last like couple of promos. For this, for this kind of format, have uh, just their their gimmick hasn't led hasn't lent itself to that style of promo yet. They're still trying to figure it out. It's it feels feel it you. feels a little awkward a right shoot. now. Yeah, it's, it's shootish. You know, it's shoot esque. 
it, it's it's showing them in a competitive light. And I like DIY. Well, I really appreciate Champa and Gargano as wrestlers. I don't love the DIY bit. It makes and no I sense. I certainly hate the gear. The gear is fucking terrible. Yeah. I I, I don't appreciate what they're coming out to the ring in. Um, <laughs> I don't like the sitting on the the side of the mat and clapping their hands and patting their back. Like, I get it. It's their thing. But I, I'm really not here for it. But they can go. And they can go in different styles as well. I mean, Gargano's a little bit smaller. But Ciampa especially is one of those. He's a guy that I, I personally would like to see on, like, a Rollins level. Because he can go like Rollins. They just haven't really given him the proper push. Right. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, like, it was a, you know, they got the walk promo um, I, I really laughed at McAfee just fucking being terrible on the mic, talking about stealing pay-per-views on the black box. Like, don't fucking talk about that shit, Pat. We're not supposed to acknowledge that on air. And with Cole and McAfee, and, you know, and, and now we've, it's been announced at this point when we watched this, that Barrett and Graves were going to be on SmackDown. Like, who is the heel here? Is, is it McAfee or is it Cole? You don't it's hard need to tell. one. But, like, it helps tell the stories if you have one. Yeah, you need somebody on the heel side to kind of vouch for the point, kind of sell the point that the heel is trying to make in these matches. Exactly. And, and like, with Graves and Barrett, you can already tell that Barrett is kind of taken. Usually, traditionally, the play-by-play guy is the the face and the the color guy is the heel. And you can kind of see that happening on SmackDown slowly. And I want to talk about that later when we get to SmackDown, but... You see Barrett kind of, you see Graves, more like you see Graves slowly turning face. And I want it to right. be slow. You know, I don't want this to be an overnight thing. I don't want him to show up one week and all of a sudden be the good guys cheering for the good guys. But with McAfee and Cole, there's just like not even an attempt to push someone over as the heel. <laughs> it's just like McAfee is the fanboy and Cole is the guy who is the company man. I don't really know what they're going for. I mean, they got to give it time to breathe. Like I said, I don't want an overnight change, but they really didn't do anything in this entire episode to show me anything about what their future plans are for this. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, you know, um, no breaks. I must've missed like some announcement that they were going an hour long with no commercials or something. Like they just kept, they just kept going. It just kept, kept happening. Yeah. Not really I, sure what happened there, how I missed that, but uh, the match still keeps going. You know, it's a solid match. It's a championship match, which doesn't bode well for DIY. It never does a, a championship match of the first uh, the first match of the night. Um, Pretty standard wrote stuff. You knew DIY wasn't going to go, wasn't going to win the championship here. But, you know, you got two tag teams who work very well together, DIY specifically, because Gargano and Chomp have been working for so long. Yeah. And, you know, you got to think about Priest and Finn now have been working together for almost a year. This so is one they of those, have a couple spots. This is one of those matches that I was thinking about while watching, because, like I said in our last episode, spent some time watching up these older pay-per-views. And the speed of this match is insane. They're just hopping over each other. And that's kind of like the style of uh, Garga- uh, Gargano and Ciampa. Am I saying that right? I think so. Uh, yeah, yeah. And with uh, Finn and Priest in there as well, they're, like, they're, they're also like vibing with that 
with that style of wrestling where they're just bouncing off ropes. Like I was just it's so impressed with the the acrobatic nature of the match and how f- and a guy that's priest size as well cuz priest is a big guy. He can keep up with that and just keep it going and keep it going and keep it going. Yeah, it was a very very impressive match and and the lack of breaks really really helped it for sure. Like it was it was a go-go pace the whole time. Nothing was really rough until that one um rope spot where like I don't really know if you're going to have a team member come in and put the foot on the rope. Like, and the referee sees it <laughs> uh, clearly on camera. Mm-hmm. Like, don't you just DQ him at that point? But it is kind of like a break in a way. Like if you if you run in and you break up the pin, so it's kind of similar to that. Like, a why rope go break? for the secret? Yeah, like because it was a secret rope break. I believe it was Finn was being pinned, and Damien came in and tried to put his foot on the on the rope but right it doesn't have to be secret if it's a tag match and we've already established that you can just run in and break up a cover by smashing into the pile so either why don't you just like from the side just pull him out or smash the like i just didn't really make sense from a match perspective but that's wwe a lot of this shit doesn't make any sense with the rule book I just wish it did more. Yeah. Um, but you know, whatever. It was it was a it was a great match. There was a couple of fails. Uh it was a great start uh, to the show. Like they went out there and they put on a, a great match and, and you feel really ready to, to to go into the rest of this three hour adventure that rock and be sometimes. But, you know, having like an hour with no commercials, oh boy, let me tell you, get ready for the commercials in the second half. You know what's gonna happen. <laughs> Well, and it's funny to think about this episode now because this was still before this past weekend. Uh, so, you're, like, everything is still, like, great. And you're like, okay, let's keep it going. Like, su- something sucked. <laughs> CM Punk is out. But the show has got this momentum to it. And you know that's going to lead yeah, to you're something You're feeling else. good about it. You're feeling you're good. You're still feeling, feeling good, good about WWE at this point. You get the, you get the truth spot <laughs> in that... With the fucking augmented reality and the live, laugh, love sign with the Great JD, stuff. like, sad people. So fucking good. Dom wants to crack so hard with truth in the ring. <laughs> he just so desperately, <laughs> his whole, he's just biting that bottom lip, trying so hard, chewing that gum, not, doesn't want to break. It's so, like, we all love truth. He's getting over with the comedy wrestling with a lot of people that hate comedy wrestling, too. Like, he is a home run for 95% of the people who are watching this show. He is just protect him at all costs. Keep it up until this thing is dead in the water. Like it's just so absolutely amazing. When I, don't like, even, when I don't even know how it will be end up, how it will end up dead in the water. Cause it's just, it's just, it's so good. It works so well. <laughs> when truth was like, fucking <laughs> when truth was like, we're like a family. <laughs> Priest, you're like a big brother to me. Priest, just, I don't even know if it was on mic. He's like, you're older than me. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, this, holy and truth hell. no sells it. He just like keeps on talking. 
And then they they jump him and beat the shit out of him. Miz comes in with the save, quote unquote, and like whatever. It was good. It was good stuff. You know, like you know, spoilers for later on in this episode. But you knew that Truth was going to consider it a jump, and <laughs> like he just fucking knew. He's like, yeah, you jumped me in, guys. You beat me up. I'm initiated. I'm part of the team now. Uh, we still have no commercials, which is wild. Um, we get Chelsea Green and Piper Nevin versus uh, Baszler and Stark. You know, they're plugging NXT during the match. You know it's going to be quick. There still is a bit of commercial. Yeah, um, I'm not going to lie to you, man. Match. I Yeah, I, 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 I skipped over this one. And it has nothing to do with them, but it kind of has to do with, like, they're, with I don't them. know where this is going. <laughs> There's a lot of, I have a lot of invested interest and in a lot of things going around them right now. So I, I kind of move forward from that. Like, even... Even a little bit like the DIY stuff, I wasn't really paying attention that much. So I was just kind of like, all right, I, 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 I'm, I'm paying attention to the judgment date. Where's truth? Show me truth. All right, live, laugh, truth. Okay, see that? Okay, and then we got tag team. Uh, fuck it, whatever. And then move on. Let's keep, keep it going. So I don't know exactly what I'm on with this one, uh, but nothing they important. had a match. We can go right by it. All right, don't worry about it. it. Meant nothing. It was super quick. Probably sub five minutes. So we finally get a commercial. We're at the top of the hour, and it's Cody time. So he comes in. He does the woes. Cody says something here that, in retrospect, I feel like means more, but I called it in the moment, as my notes will say. You know, Cody comes out, talks to the crowd, and says something happened in the last 48 hours that really affected me. And so I'm thinking, like, did something happen to his family? Or maybe... He was told The Rock's going to get the main event at WrestleMania. And I laughed to myself. Hee hee, ha ha. Of course they wouldn't do that. Why would they give him the Rumble win if they were going to do something as stupid as that? Right. Um, let's just ignore that for now. Um, Seth comes in. He's walking gingerly. He is limping to that ring, which, fair enough. They're trying. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to try to keep him out of matches. Maybe have one before Mania to try to kind of re- recover on the sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Rollins delivers a great promo of wanting the match. He really wants Cody great. to pick him. Really great and promo. Honestly, like, I before you go, to me, yeah, yeah, this particular promo from Rollins. Now, I'm I'm certainly of the mind that like belts mean nothing unless the people make them make the belts mean something. Like the Intercontinental Championship, like. Gunther's belt, it means something because it's Gunther's belt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that that anyway, this promo elevated this belt, I think, in in a way that was sorely needed for it and elevated the importance I've, I've always of felt good about the belt because they've positioned it like Gunther's reign. They've positioned it as a workman's championship, a guy who goes out there and defends week after week, pay-per-view after pay-per-view. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't see any possible particular reason that Cody would choose to fight Rollins. No. But Rollins did a great job of selling it. And really in the moment, job. I go, what a great promo. Rollins has a lot of great points about why would you why would you want to beat this fucking nerd, this Hollywood asshole who's never fighting. And so my 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 interpretation of this at the point at this moment is oh they're trying to get the crowd kind of second guessing it like oh maybe pick Cody, put Rollins over a little bit, put the belt over, 
Um, and then I started thinking about that Cody half crying at the beginning of the promo going, is there just like a weird possibility that That's... they are going to pull Cody off of Mania for The Rock? And that like they're trying to build this up for Rollins? No, 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 of course not. They would never be as stupid as to do something like that. They would never do that. And I push that right out of my brain. I make a note of it for the podcast to throw it out there. And it would have delivered a lot better last week because he did the same notes I had written for last yeah, week before fuck everything me, went right? down. We should have um, fucking just did the distance, didn't we? Shouldn't we? Uh, whatever. Anyways, so let's just keep moving forward with this, try to get through this raw. Um, You know, we got Kofi backstage on a box yelling about stuff. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. We got more DIY-esque backstage promos, whatever. Okay, Jay versus Bronson? Sure. That's what we're getting? Yeah, Jey Uso I thought versus this Bronson weird. Reed? Yeah, weird booking. Whatever. And built on a promo that Bronson Reed delivered the week before, like on the last Raw before Rumble, where Bronson just said, Jay, I challenge you. That's the buildup for this match. And that's why yeah. I don't like Bronson Reed. <laughs> but, you know, you got, a lot of, you got a lot of main eventers right now. Yeah, including main event Jey Uso, and you need to you need to give the matches, and Jay's kind of stagnant right now. So whatever, I go out there and have him crush somebody that you know. Bronson's usually the guy doing squash matches, but this is a good opportunity to just put Jay over a little bit. So um, I, I liked Bronson's uh, new intro. The you know the Titan Tron was looking a little bit more animated with this one, with him walking through the buildings, doing right. the Godzilla thing, crushing some shit. Uh, you know, I like Bronson more than you do. He's great in the ring for his size. He works safe. He's just kind of stuck right now, which is kind of the story of his entire run in WWE. They just don't yeah, really yeah. And push I, him enough. His, his ring work is, yeah, his ring work is, is fine. I, I, I don't think I have any problem with his ring work. It's just the, it's just the character and the promos, the gimmick. The, it's just, it's just not working for me. Something, unless he puts on an actual Godzilla costume, I don't think I'm going to, <laughs> I'm not, I, you're not going to get me over on this. Let's see, puts on a giant lizard costume. And then some more like filler. You know, we got Andrade getting a good push uh, on the video package. Get yep. some more Pierce and Aldis stuff, which we love. Another uh, backstage straight to camera to, for Gunther coming out, which was a little bit interesting. We got the third one this, this night. Uh, we got a brief Becky interview update on what her plans are moving forward. Um, then we get Kofi and Gunther. And we don't have anyone on the sidelines, which I enjoyed. It was just straight up Kofi and Gunther in there having a match. Yeah, uh, Gunther was beating the living fuck out of Kofi for <laughs> for two picture and pictures. Do you, do you get the pictures and pictures on the WWE? You don't, right? On the WWE Network, on the the Canada broadcast, there's no picture and picture on the no, ad breaks. No picture, no no picture and picture for the ad breaks. Okay, so I watched this on my definitely legal cable. Um, of course. And they have picture-in-picture ad breaks for some of these matches. And literally, it was just Gunther beating the shit out of Kofi for the space of what was on television and two ad breaks. Picture-in-picture. <laughs> picture. <laughs> just slapping the living shit out of him. Uh, oh, after the guy. second break, you got a little bit of a comeback for Kofi, but we all know how this is ending. Um, You know, just a weird match to make it this late but like you know it was 
it, it was it was a weird match to have be like so dominant by Gunther and then make it an actual match after the second ad break, um, and actually have Kofi come back a little bit. Right, um, I, I'm kind of over the Imperium New Day stuff. I hope we come to an end of that. I mean, you obviously have to have things for Vinci and Kaiser to do until Kaiser inevitably turns on Gunther and fucking Vinci ends up stuck in like mid carding NXT in like a year and a half. <laughs> right. But, yeah. We'll um, see how that goes. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see it as we go through this episode, like how they kind of leverage this to something else. But I'm kind of with you, and I'm just ready. I'm ready for my. I'm ready for my Kaiser solo run. All right, let's break him out. Let's get that guy out We're there. there. He, he put him. Put him. It, in it's fucking, in the next six months. Yeah, put put him in a fucking like uniform or something. I don't know. Dude, I get. I get I him. I think Gunther drops the belt soon. Maybe at Mania even, and then we get until SummerSlam. We get a dizzle. Uh. Uh. uh dissolution of imperium leading to gunther kaiser at SummerSlam. i'm down and then just to just to kind of like put gunther just to give gunther something to do for a couple months before they start bringing him into the main event and maybe have uh kaiser get a quick win over him at backlash or something that was sure yeah maybe interference by whatever and then have gunther just stomp him in like a no holds barred match at SummerSlam or whatever, and then hear me out. You know, have them go their separate ways. Maybe hear get me drafted out. to different. Yep. Hear me out. Kaiser joins New Day. Let that sit. <laughs> Let that sit. Okay, wait. <laughs> Listeners, think about it. Think about it. It could work. Just Kaiser pancakes. Think about it. Trombones. Think about it. <laughs> Nazism. <laughs> Well, themes of Nazism that are directly referred to as Nazism. Think about it. <laughs> Think about it. So then we move into Kabuki Warriors versus uh, Nox and Natalia. We all know how this ends. See you later. Not going to talk about that one. Uh, it, Jackie it was like Redman. Minutes. It was like three minutes oh, of yeah. wrestling. It was absolutely nothing. Jackie Redman's interviewing the girls who love to dance. Will, <laughs> did you know they love to dance? Apparently they love to dance. They fucking love EDM and they fucking love fucking dancing. Love it. They love and dancing. They're getting their rematch next week and it's gonna be a fucking barn burner. Alright, so here comes Damage Control. Time to sow some seeds. Okay, never mind. No, it's just Bailey. Oh wait, no damage control's already in the ring. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what's happening here. That's my thoughts in the moment. Uh no brace, no knee brace on Dakota Kai which I thought was important in the moment and later found out that uh, she posted on social media that she just forgot it at her hotel room. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. I was like, oh, no brace on Dakota. Here comes the uh, here comes the big turn. Dakota's going to fuck some people up. No, she's not medically cleared. She just forgot the brace at the hotel room. Uh, Rhea comes out. The crowd has woken up after having to sit through Kabuki Warriors and Knox and Natalia and this fucking damage control promo. Yeah. So Rhea comes in, Rhea's telling Bailey, don't pick me, I'm going to beat the shit out of you if you do, and then Nia comes in, I believe I heard the crowd actually groan in real time, I heard a <laughs> sigh, of collectively of the crowd going, come on, no, we don't, just go away, don't, oh. or maybe it was just in my own head, I don't know. Well, I mean, uh, she, I, I, like we have to expect this coming. Like it, this, they have to get this done and over with. 
Yeah, I mean, like, and obviously, like, we know where Bailey's going with this, so she's not going to pick Rhea, but this kind of gives a kayfabe reason for, you know, Rhea to be like, don't fucking pick me, and Nia to go, don't fucking pick her, I'm coming for you, you know, Nia gets over on Rhea a little bit, beats the shit out of her, whatever, who cares, you know, Rhea's not going to make it to WrestleMania, blah, blah, blah. I'm assuming uh-huh, that it's going to be Rhea and Nia for Elimination Chamber because, you know, obviously Rhea's going to have a big part of that card because it's in her homeland. Of course. You have to give her someone big to beat the shit out of. So it still leaves open the main event at WrestleMania, which, for God's sakes, we all hope it's not Rhea and Nia Jax because that's going to be a fucking boring slog of a match not a not a mania i mean we kind of know what's going to be happening here as we get through this episode yeah yeah i mean we can certainly i mean you know we thought we knew what was going on in this fucking company during this raw everything kind of seemed normal and real and like what we expected and then we get into fucking smackdown okay we were so young the raw (laughs) It it was a beautiful time Oh, let me tell you, January was a wonderful month. Everything made sense. <laughs> Things were normal and real. So, anyways, Zayn McIntyre at the end of this. Um, I'm really happy to see McIntyre not commit with the sword. I hope it doesn't come back for a long time. It was a stupid bit, even as a face. Mm-hmm. You know, we knew it was going to happen here. Pretty straightforward. We got some interesting camera angles on a production note that... We were talking about the changes in production. I thought there was some interesting camera angles they were hitting here, especially with that top rope spot with uh, with both of them. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was a back and forth, nice tight match. These guys can work, and man. Then... These guys got chemistry in the ring. They can make it They can make it interesting. Uh, they can deliver high caliber matches, uh, kind of like without too much effort on their, on their end. Because this is, like, watching them, you you can just tell, like, this is another day at work. But they're fucking going, man. They can go with each other. Yeah. No. They can always have a good match no matter what. Now, I don't want to sell it too short. I just, we knew the outcome going into this. So, you know, whatever. It's fine. Raw's over. It's the Raw after Royal Rumble. They're not going to do much. Pretty straightforward. So, right. let's, uh, let's get into SmackDown now. Uh, SmackDown February 2nd live from Birmingham, Alabama. All right. Now it's the South. It's a big day. I think we both I I I was ready for this day. I cuz we knew something was going to happen. There was something in the air. You know? There was something to- in the air. We got teased about a few promos. We t- we got Roman I think we were teased in advance of Co- Cody delivering his decision for WrestleMania. Yes. And I think this was actually the day where I was up at like 5:30 and I was looking at solo tweets. And I'm setting them, firing them off at Tyler. <laughs> so, like, I'm, I'm in the life, mood, right? Life was still good. <laughs> I'm having a great time. So, Cody comes in, and he's got a great doggo. See this dog? Great doggo. And this it looks dog is fantastic. Like Cody. It, it, it kind of does look like dog version of Cody. It's got the bleach blonde yep. hair. Um, He barks. Neck and tattoo. And kind of goes, Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then uh, Logan Paul starts us off, which I did not anticipate. And uh, uh, we great see, play, uh, yeah, absolutely. We see the first, uh, 
we, we see our first uh, experience here with Cody Graves and, and Barrett, and it does look like Graves is, is take, like I said, taking the play-by-play, and Barrett is moving to color. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of bullshit with Logan, but, you know, he works the crowd so well. He works it's, it. I, you know, he, they're giving he him what's, what he's doing. and he knows exactly how to play those what's. Absolutely. And he, you could see him, like, work it out, like, okay, they're doing it. Let me lean into it. They're going to keep doing it. Like, he knew that the crowd was not going to stop, so let's just lean into it a little bit more and and keep it going. But he knew how to stop it, too, because when he when he got to the end of his promo, he knew how to kind of like keep on talking. So people didn't have the opportunity to say what again, I thought it was kind of smart. I, I, I this guy's born for this. It's crazy to me, but he's born to the for, born for this. He's so good at it. It's, it's, it's unfair how good he is at it. It's just absolutely yeah. wild, but you know, he buries punk buries Seth with the injuries. Um, great stuff. You know, I, I didn't think of it at the time with the rumble finish, but I think they're setting it up so that the DQ finish will set up a rematch with KO, uh, possibly at EC or maybe at WrestleMania. Um, KO comes out. He has no cast, which is interesting that, you know, they're just kind of pushing that off to the side. They're not going to talk about it ever again. Um, I figured he was fully healed because I know that was a legit injury. But, yeah, they, they didn't really touch on it at all. Uh, Logan playing the brass knucks as a setup. He's like, I got you. I fooled you. I knew when I got those brass knuckles, you were going to take them from me. And then I was going to get you disqualified, which, again, great work. <laughs> great work yeah. by the writers. Great work by Logan. <laughs> and I, can't, I can't remember what exactly KO said, but KO said something derogatory oh. about Prime. And then Logan's delivery of... Must not have been cherry freeze. That flavor's delicious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were talking about, like, Logan's like, and you smell like trash. And he's like, I bra- bathed in prime. Oh, right. Here. <laughs> and he's like, well, it must not have been cherry freeze. That flavor's delicious. And he, like, looks over <laughs> at the crowd. <laughs> so funny. I bought, I bought, I bought a hundred dollars worth of prime in that moment. I was like, send it over, cherry freeze, let's go. <laughs> I'm ready to be cool like the kids. I'm ready. <laughs> so the theory comes out, and uh, we get Theory Owens. I was watching. <laughs> just wanted to put it here. So I'm watching the illegal, or sorry, the very illegal feed that I have on my cable, and I'm watching the New York City uh, feed of the show. So it's you know the Fox New York City affiliate. And during the break, yeah. they played like a hip hop inspired ad about joining the New York City correctional facilities, like department. <laughs> like, like, do you want to be? Do you want to have a lot of money, but you don't have a lot of school? Well, then be a corrections officer, and it will be real cool. We got some. Uh, we, we 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 got some good healthcare. We can pay for all your pills. Just join Correctionals New York and get all the thrills. Like it was this really bad throwback. To, is like, that the image you rap. sent to our group chat of like this dude that was in one of these commercials? And you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Oh god, I don't remember what one I sent to. Because <laughs> you get a lot of fucking wild ads in the states when you watch these. It's yeah, absolutely advertising insane. down there is crazy. 
you could just get away with anything. You just advertise like, oh, this pill is going to make you feel great. It's going to make all your problems go away. And then they have to list off all of these like side effects that could potentially happen yeah. if you have this pill, including like your asshole. You could exploding. die. You could just die. You could just fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, but Logan's on the mic, which is even weirder because now we have what is essentially three heels on the mic. <laughs> we got Graves, Barrett, and Paul. And Logan is doing a great job by, like, subtly putting KO over and yep. putting Theory over, but but still not, like, weakening his position as, like, what he considers to be top of the sport, which was great. He, he's, like, again, he's just so good at this. And it's he's so good. wild he's so how good, good. he is. It's, and throughout this entire match, when he was uh, out at commentary, he – I I, I – he did this once before a couple months ago, maybe three or four months ago. And I noticed that that time he was quite quiet and he was very analytical about the match. And he wasn't like, he wasn't really like smack talking at all, but I think he was still very, he just became us champion at that point, or maybe was just about to go into that, into the us championship. Like maybe this is around like when Ray was still wrestling a bit. Um, and he was quiet. This is a completely different Logan Paul that we're getting. He is fully in character, but he's not overstepping his boundaries. He He's making very entertaining calls while the match is going on, but he knows when to shut up and let the rest of the commentating crew do their job. And then when they ask him a question, he hops in, he does their thing. And the thing that I thought was really interesting about his like awareness about how this all works is that they they do a shot of uh, Graves and Barrett just talking to the mic or talking to the camera right before a commercial break or something like that. And in the background is Logan just like doing like just doing these like fake punches like he's really into the match that's going on. And he's just wor- he's just chewing scenery behind him. I'm like, fuck, man. Like, how do you know how to do this already? <laughs> You know? He always knows where the camera is. He always knows the moment to pick. He is just fucking locked in, and it's so He's wild how good he is at this. It's crazy. It's I crazy. can't believe. It. Anyways, so yeah, so theory. Get him in the fucking. Uh, I think I I texted Tyler right after this uh, after this match. I was like, put him, give him a fucking Hall of Fame entry, <laughs> like right now. Just give Straight. it to him. He's done more than Snoop Dogg has ever done for this company hands down put him in the celebrity category now and then re-induct him in 10 years as an actual wrestler fuck yeah let's go but yeah good good finish you know we get into the false finishes good match uh paul tries to feed theory with the knuckles and we get more callbacks to the match at at royal rumble uh paul distracts the ref by accident owens gets the reversal theory gets fucking knocked out um, Owens chases him through the crowd. You know, it's just like really, really good, solid stuff. Yeah. We start walking the, into, uh, yeah, go ahead. The, the disappointing thing about this match is I feel like, um, uh, Waller is starting to get buried more and more and more. Yeah. And I, I, really, I mean, I prefer I, Waller I, as the little shit heel friend of theory than what he, they had him doing before. The Grayson Waller effect seemed like it was kind of given to him a little bit too early. I they Maybe. they love those they love those talk show segments for different people, but I feel like it was kind of 
bestowed on Waller a little bit too early. He, you know, his was one of my his was one of my favorite ones. I did like the Grayson Waller effect. I thought his gimmick led to the Grayson Waller effect a little bit more than I think other talk show types that are that are out there. Um, I just, I like hearing him on the mic. I don't know if he's that necessarily like, I don't know if he can just go in the ring as much. I have a theory if he's actually injured at the moment, but still wants to work and they haven't really like, they, they're trying to make it happen still. Cause he wasn't even in rumble. You might be right. Like it definitely is a possibility. Or just changing up his, changing up his work lifestyle. I don't know. Like I, I like. I like Waller, and I don't want to see him go away. But if this is kind of like their way of kind of burying him and maybe moving him to NXT, I'd be a little upset about that because I like Waller. I like Waller on the mic. I just don't want him to disappear. I don't think you know? that's it. I think it might just be a way for them to punt either Theory. Well, punt both Theory and Waller a little bit further down the line and then have a turn there and have one of them turn face. Because um, Theory really should be in the upper mid card challenging for U.S. championships and the like. And obviously, he's going to be a world champion at one point, if I had to guess. But I think maybe this is a good way for them to just take six months of these two being borderline comedy content on the shows and having them be little pissants until we can get to a place where maybe it's a little bit more open for one of them to make a run either. I, I can't imagine they'd put... Waller over Theory, but maybe you put Theory over Waller, but you give Waller the face turn. Hard to say. We'll see where we'll Possibly. see where it leads. Yeah, but I think we're still quite a bit of ways away from this resolving into anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so a decent match, and then we get uh, we get Bianca asking for a shot for the title from Aldis. Uh, Logan Great interrupts, which was also great. Logan again on fire. He wants a match so that he's not uh, taken as, you know, a part-time champion like Roman. But yep. Logan still takes that brief moment to put Bianca over. And that's got to yep. be, like, for all of these people who have worked their entire lives to be, you know, WWE wrestlers, it's got to be great for them just to get that little rub off of Paul. For Paul to put them down as a heel, but then still just deliver one little thing to the crowd to be like, hey, no, you know, these these guys do fucking rock. And I, I really yeah. appreciate that about him. Yeah, he's like, I love you. Thank you so much. And then he just fuck off, fucks off. And then he, and then yeah, he just no. fucks right off. And I, and I think that also comes down to the fact that I think uh, Logan is very appreciative of his position inside the company right now. I do not get the vibe that he's like taking any of this for granted he's taking this very very seriously i've actually tuned into his podcast quite a bit lately and i i say that knowing that like literally a year ago uh, probably like two years ago or somewhere around there i i would have been up there with the most like anti-logan paul crowds out there and now i'm i'm just completely reversed and the interviews that he's having with the other wrestlers in wwe on this podcast uh, he has got, he's got a serious respect for these guys and he's asking really strong, strong questions. I'm not going to lie to you, man. His interview that he did with John Cena almost made me cry. Wild. At work. Wild. At work. <laughs> 
Fuck, I mean, man. like, he, he, you know, he's playing a character both in WWE and in real life. And I think he's been playing that character in real life for long enough that that's what helped him translate so well to WWE. Is like, I don't think, I think he's kind of working everybody on a day to day basis, whether or not it's in wrestling or just the real world. So yeah. it, I think he's got experience on playing that character. And it seems like at the end of the day, he's probably a lot more down to earth than he portrays himself as. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's keep moving it forward here. Yeah, this one, this one, I can go pretty quick here. Um, so I missed the pretty deadly intro because I was fast forwarding. But for me, not seeing the pretty deadly intro, I just see like this weird ass fucking filmed segment, the cinematic promo with Escobar and that and and the fake LWO, uh, yeah, Legados, uh, Legados del. Legados del uh, Champion Ninos. I don't fucking even know their name. Um, I get it. I get it. Like you said, they're cartel. I, sure. Why not? They're the evil they're Spanish guys against the good Spanish guys. Yeah. They're leaning so, into it. I. It was a weird segment, though. It was a weird segment. And then for someone who did not see Pretty Deadly come to the, <laughs> come to the, the ring, they just cut out of it. And it's like, oh, they're... They're in the ring. Oh, uh, and there's like three other teams in the background. Okay, yeah. so we got uh, LWO. We got fake LWO. Uh, pretty Deadly, who is severely underutilized. And, uh, okay, and we got, uh, oh, we got Pete Dune and or Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate. Okay. Yeah. And they're both, like, weren't these guys, I guess not, because Pete Dunn, when he was Brutus, he, he was in the Brawling Brutes. Uh, not Brutus, not... Uh, uh, Butch. Butch, sorry, sorry. Uh, and Ty- But Tyler Bate wasn't in Brawling Brutes, right? This was before I tuned back in. Right, so Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate were both a big part of NXT UK, which is now gotcha. okay. dead because of COVID pretty much. And they can go, but they're smaller dudes. And then Dunn got the call up. And they renamed a Butch because probably Vince McMahon, and like they have a long, they they have a team history. I believe it was British Strong Style was their name, okay. And which will probably Track. slowly get introduced into into what we're doing here on on Raw. Um. So, but leading into this, I figure, okay, so Fake LWO is gonna win because they get the promo. Really, you thought that. I, I did think that because they say, but then, but then they said it's a championship qualifier qualifier match. So it's it's a four way for the opportunity to be in a one on one match to then challenge Judgment Day for the tag titles at Elimination Chamber. And then I thought uh, I don't think they're gonna really waste pretty deadly, or sorry, they're not gonna waste the LWO, fake LWO rivalry. They're not going to interrupt it for a couple weeks here to do that. So it's probably going to be pretty deadly or done and bait. So then I start yeah. thinking it's going to be one of the two, and they've already underutilized pretty deadly hard right now, and they're not really in a rivalry with anyone. So they've been pushing done and bait and trying to make them more serious. So it's probably going to be those two. Yeah, so I, that's the what match I was starts. thinking. Like literally, literally, as the match was starting, I was like, "It's Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate." Um, right, especially yes, after they so- had one of those cinematic promos last week on Raw. Same yes, as exactly. the fucking cartel fake LWO. 
So it's a fucking tornado tag team champion. Or not even tornado. It's just a four-way tag match where anyone can get tagged in. No DQ. Lazy booking. Here comes exactly what I think it's going to be. It's a bunch of really cool spots and flips and flops and lots of setups. And who the fuck is the legal man? You know... It's I knew exactly what we were getting into going into this. And we and, and then it's, they wasted we were talking about this on the last episode, they wasted the launch. They wasted the big launch off the ropes on this meaningless fucking four way tag team match. Yeah, Save that shit for yeah. PLE. Yeah, and it was in a weird it was at a weird point where they didn't even have time to fucking like build it up or anything, because when they did it on NXT, there was a there was a level of build up to get to that to that launch. But here, it just kind of, like, happened. And I see in your notes here, like, they, they, they didn't even, like, utilize the camera angle. Oh, it was a terrible camera here. angle. To, to show the it distance. It didn't sell the distance. The... Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, yeah. it felt weak. It did. Like, they, And they fucked it up. And then when they showed the replay coming back from the break, they picked the wide camera angle, and it looked fucking fantastic. But in the moment... awesome. Like, it, you just, you're so close up that, like, it doesn't sell the amount of distance that he gets, and it's just a big old fart noise. Yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, I think it's one of those things that, because it happened on NXT, they wanted to put it on the main roster, just for the more, because more eyes would be on that move. But when he fir- when they first did it on NXT, that clip, like, went viral for the fans. Like, it, like we all saw that clip. Yeah. Uh, so it was one of those things that, like, okay, we know this already. And for those who know, already know. And you're not going to really sell anybody on this unless you do it properly, like you said, on a PLE. Yeah. And I just feel like it was such a waste. Even if you, like, have it on the WrestleMania undercard or something, I just, it, whatever. It, this match is what I thought it was going to be. It was a bunch of really cool spots, but no rules. Who the fuck is the legal man? You never know. When is it going to end? Who knows? One last who the fuck knows who out. the legal man is? <laughs> One last thing to point out. Uh, yeah, the legal man thing was, I can't even, I didn't pay any attention. But thing I noticed here, and I'm talking to you, Tyler, Tyler Bate. What the fuck were you wearing? What oh, the yeah. What the fuck was that pair of trunks you were wearing? That was, he, I, because I, I have them. I got them right there <laughs> in a laundry basket. All right? He does have the terrible ring that? attire, and he always has. That's kind of his Ugh. look. And it's just like straight up tidy whities like even the the, the, the the stitch line. I know. Ah, Especially for a man black. that size, they're really not doing him any favors. The man that shape. <laughs> yeah. Because he can fucking go, but he's also five foot nothing oh, yeah. and 100 pounds. So, like, maybe try to accentuate some other things other than him wearing tidy whities and a pair of chucks to the ring. Not great. Not great. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Keep Let's going. move on. Uh, quickly, uh, Tiffany Stratton is getting the unceremonious call up to SmackDown, which is fine. She's going up against Mi Chin later, so that's going to be a quick win for Tiff whenever she comes out. We'll talk yep. about that later. Um, so Bailey comes out, and she's going to make her pick. And, you know, we don't see any Dakota Kai, which is interesting. Maybe a storyline coming up here because it all kind of goes the way we think it's going to go. Bailey delivers a she delivered a good promo for the most part but the whole thing seems so overly scripted with 
both Bailey's words and the Japanese girls laughing behind her back. A lot of like little mispronunciations in Bailey's promo, like she's reading off a script. Yeah. You know, it was a very quick end to damage control. And I thought they were going to drag it out a little bit longer, especially after it took so long for them. They were hinting at it for so long that I think when it did happen, it was going to be a bit more drag, like not just in a 10 minute, five minute segment. I guess they did lead up to it for a long time, but it still felt a little quick and rushed. Yeah, yeah, I agree. This is the point where I think hindsight 2020, when I went back and kind of rewatched parts of this, uh, of this SmackDown, this is the point where I feel like something is in the air here. Something is cooking that everybody knows about, but we don't, because at the moment we don't know it's gonna, it's about to happen. But I think part of like Bailey's kind of like delivery here on the promo, maybe I'm reading into this, but going back and looking at it, there's there's something I can I can feel something. You know what I mean? Fair enough. I mean I don't I didn't feel that at all, but I didn't watch it again. So Yeah. Something felt weird. But I'm reading into it. I like to read into this. Maybe everyone is finding out backstage what's about to well, happen. Every, but uh Well I think everybody's like, All right, just be careful. Rock <laughs> could do something to you. <laughs> Rock could <laughs> Rock could maybe fight EO at WrestleMania. We don't know. He can make the pick. Know. Triple he H can... is like he's just shrugging. He's, the only the only answer he has backstage right now for anybody is just shrug. Giant shrug. <laughs> so now we get a six man, you know, final testament versus Lashley and the Prophets, and just a you know this this match just <sighs> evolves real quick. It doesn't even it's not even a match. They just brawl and shit. But yeah. So like, okay. So final testament is like. They're like they're like the devil and stuff, right? Like they're like Satan worshippers or something. Fucking metal, man. But like AOP are wearing like military cargo vests with a bunch of <laughs> spots for like grenades and stuff and knives. Yeah, I when I was watching this, I was watching this with Kate, my fiance, and she was like, even she she likes wrestling. Uh, and she can get behind the gimmicks. She can catch the gimmicks and stuff like that. And she was just uh, one of the first things she said to me while we were watching the watching this. She was like, "Is this military judgment day?" I was like, "Kind of, yeah." You nailed it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's kind of a good point. We already kind of have the Satan group going on with JD. This yeah. is like the ultra Satan group. But I, yeah, whatever. So they all start brawling. No bell happens, and then B Fab comes out, and like. They were talking, they had BFAB talking to Bobby right around when the Prophets joined him, which was, what, three or four months ago? Mm-hmm. There was a segment with her talking to him after Uncle Phil got fired, after L.A. Knight fucking killed his career. <laughs> um, it, it's interesting with the whole BFAB thing, like, they still kept her around after dumping the other two. What, what was their names? Do you remember? No clue. This was like prime time. Was, no, that's way too early. This was bizarre to me. I had no idea what to make of this. Basically, they're it's they're doing the same thing they did with the fake LWO. They're just evening up the the teams so that it makes a little bit more sense for them to go, you know, five on four with Paul Ellering and 
and is the only exception to not have a match with uh i'm i'm gonna say this right now guys just because i don't have a better name for it team black because that's what they're doing here they're doing like they're doing like spooky devil people and team black and i get it and that's fine (laughs) it's just like like i I don't know how long we're going to have to suffer through this and how long. I mean, I guess you have to distract Lashley. You have to put Lashley somewhere because he should be tr- he should be challenging for the world championship because he is a monster human being. Yeah. But you got to kind of have to have him doing something. Yeah, but, but the card's so stacked and they have nowhere to put him right now. It's just there's a lot going on. Yeah, and so now he's just fucking dicking around with Karrion Cross, who, as I said last week on the pod... If you want to put Karrion over, you get him the win over over this group. But you can't because you have Lashley and Montez on this team. Lashley being one of, not the biggest stars, but certainly one of the most believable monsters in wrestling, in WWE. And Montez, who is also going to be a fucking star at some point. So you yeah. know they're not going over him. So it's all just a bunch of nonsense. Let's just move on. Can we just move on from this? Let's move on. Can we move on from this every podcast? Can we just be like, yeah, this is what happened. We'll give like a 10-second summation and move on until inevitably Lashley just like murders Karrion Cross in the middle of the ring. Sure. I'm happy with that. Beautiful. Okay. Motion, motion approved. Motion motion carried. Let's go. Okay. So Braun's making yeah. the jump, it looks like. Um, Lesnar's loss is his gain for sure. We hear that Jade's going to make her pick soon between the two brands. Tiffany Stratton comes out to fight Mi Chin. I no doubt that she's going to beat the living fuck out of her, which is exactly what happened. I'm a big fan of Tiffany Stratton. Uh, Me too. She's, you know, I've watched a little bit of her on NXT. I like the character. I like her promos. Um, She can go in the ring. Uh, It's a different approach than anything they really have on the roster right now. Like, there's some... There's some shades of Chelsea Green and characters of that nature, but she has the body to back it up and the right. work rate to back it up. So it makes it a lot more believable. And I think there is a spot for her on this main roster and, and, and a place for her to thrive. We'll see what they do with her. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, whatever. Typical stuff. Michin starts hot. Tiffany gets the comeback, goes through the break, beats the shit out of her. You know, I she's a bit. What what I'll say about Tiffany, she's a bit gymnasty. She's a bit gym gymnasticky, like the dance squad, the, the girls who love to dance. Have you heard about these two, Carter and they Chance? They love to dance, right? They fucking love dancing. They love EDM and they love dancing. So it's it's kind of yeah. a similar bit as that in her style, but she can go at a hundred percent and go fast instead of those two, which go at. 75% speed. Well, because they got to save energy for dancing. Because they got to dance. All right, so let's get to it because we're going to fucking go. It looks like we got another two-hour pod here. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So. Here comes Roman. And it happens. Roman's coming out. And I'm really sad right away because Cody comes out and there's no dog. And in this yep. moment watching this live, I think that's going to be the worst part of this. Is that there's no dog? Yeah, and you how think, right? Wrong, how wrong I was, Will. Yeah. How how wrong? And I'm thinking there, you know, Cody comes out, he's cutting a promo, and I'm thinking, wow, they're really setting up Mania double time here. You got Bailey already 
already turning on DC, or DC turning on Bailey, and Bailey's picking EO, and everything's falling into place very quickly on the lead up to Mania, and now you got Cody coming here to call out Roman right away, and they're they're out there distinctly and succinctly just dismissing all of the Seth Rollins things that he said on Monday, both Cody and Roman. Roman shitting all over Seth, calling it the real belt. Cody's like, that's not the real belt. Roman, you have the real belt. And then he says, yeah. I want to take everything from you. And yes. then I get a little scared when he says that. And then he we says, I'm not going to do it at WrestleMania. And I, yes. I, I yelled. I yelled vocally in my living room. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I knew what was going to happen if you smell what The Rock is cooking. So here comes Dwayne. And I am so angry. Immediately. So, I I have footage of me during this as well. Uh, oh, yeah. Maybe so we'll pipe it this, in here. We'll, we might pipe a few, a few clips here. But uh, my fiance took some footage of me reacting to what was going on on SmackDown. Because I watched a little, like a couple hours behind. Uh, and she was up, up to date on the news. She was checking it and she was like, she was grilling me throughout the entire night going like, what do you hope you want happen? Mm. What do you, what do you want to happen? Uh, mm. at the end of SmackDown? And I'm like, well, the right answer, the right answer, of course, is Roman Cody. So I'm going to go with Roman Cody. I hope that Roman Cody, and I'm like coming into this like chipper. And as the segment's progressing, my fiance starts taking f- footage of me. As I'm watching this. And, uh, well, he says, Cody Cody says he's not going to do it at WrestleMania. And there's a clip of me going, audible gasp. Wait, what? Getting out of the ring? Leaving? Cody, you're getting robbed. You're playing it really well, but you're getting robbed. You're getting robbed, Cody. Oh, I'm just so angry. I'm, you know, I'm giving them, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt in this moment. I'm okay. I with don't know it. how to process it. I don't know how I'm to like, process it. Let's see it, where this it. goes. This could go many directions. Perhaps, Wrestling. perhaps Roman's gonna say something about Cody taking away the belt and Rock taking away the head of the table and whatever. Let's see where this goes. So Rock comes in doing his Rock thing. And then, you know, he gives Cody a little bump on the entrance, and then he whispers something to him. And God, I wish I knew what he whispered. Like, sorry yeah. for fucking you over. <laughs> Don't worry. Oh you'll, you'll get your chance at WrestleMania 45. And I'm so angry. I'm so uh, the very rumor angry. Is, the rumor is that from what people saw on the other side 
uh, is from like reading his lips. But I th- there's there's no credence to this. I've never I don't see any video of this happening. But the rumor is that he said Dusty would have loved this. Oh, I hate that even more. Yeah, that's I that, hate that, that so much. There's something there, and the the handshake that they do, I feel like is also a a call to Carl Weathers, which passed away earlier that day or the day before. I don't. Th- is he dead at this point? I, th- I think he was dead at that point because uh, in the footage that Kate <laughs> took of me, I'm like, that's a Carl Weathers. I, yeah. <laughs> I, oh, maybe he I was dead at like, that point. Anyways, that's not important. <laughs> yeah. It's so, not important. anyways, so he comes out. They do the thing. He whispers, and then there's still bloodline members all around the ring. So Cody then leaves, which makes even less sense. Because like, if you're gonna be on the Rock side here, don't you want to back up the Rock when you got Solo and and Jimmy around the ring side? Getting nope. angrier. Birmingham, Alabama. Excused. Starts going, this is awesome. And Birmingham, Alabama, I got news for you. This is not fucking awesome. This is terrible. I am enraged at this point. So they start staring at each other. And then they hit the fucking credits. They hit the credits. Wow. (laughs) Back up. They don't even say anything. This this is awesome chant is weird because you you can hear that there's another syllable in there. Like it's not like perfect. This this is awesome chance chant. And from what I could tell, it seemed like this was them going, This is not awesome. And they were try there was a balance between this <clears throat> is not awesome and this is awesome. And they're fighting back between each other. Now this is just my conjecture because of the quality of audio that I was working with. But to me, it sounded like it was a half and half. This is awesome, and this is not awesome. And then, like you said, they 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 get closer. They face off. Roman raises the belt, and then the and then a little promo for a fucking press conference this coming Thursday Ugh. comes on Ugh. screen, and then the little credits thing just brutal. cuts black, just over. fucking brutal. And here, here, Tyler, I want you to put in my. Live reaction <laughs> to this. Do, do you want? Do you want the live reaction of it happening or the aftermath? The aftermath. Sorry, my aftermath reaction. I want you to insert it right here. Let the, I'll, and I'll let the people know how I felt about this situation. Fucking Jesus Christ, man. You feel better? Shit. 
better no yeah no it's just fucking wild i mean okay so we're sitting here at 140 ish of this podcast well how much do we want to talk about this before we head into the next draw i mean let's just let's just let's just let's just keep going like i we got to get through it all because this this whole weekend is worth talking about it really is like it's been a wild couple weeks i just will like if you're listening to this podcast and you're deep enough in wrestling that you're listening to these two fucking bozos talking about it, then I'm sure you're aware of everything that has come out in the aftermath. I'm going to give a quick summation here. Try to slam this in in the next 30 seconds. So this all happens. The internet is pissed. We want Cody starts trending. Everyone is talking about how this is a bad idea universally. Some stuff comes out. We've got the TKO side that this sounds like it actually came up from higher. That TKO made the choice, not Triple H, not Creative. We're talking Ari Emanuel. We're talking the board. They want it to happen because it's a big name event for Mania. It's Rock. It's Roman. All the casual fans, people who don't really watch anymore, they're going to come back. They're going to tune in for this. However, the internet community and the people who are diehard fucking hate it because we've been watching this Cody storyline for two years. They cock blocked us last WrestleMania. We were sure it was going to come back around now. And there was this idea that when they cock blocked us last year that like, hey, yeah, it's fine. If you want to punt for another year, you can build a story in which Cody will win and it'll be more satisfactory. However, what happens if Rock comes back and wants to fight Roman? Then what the fuck are you going to do? And it's all coming to fruition in front of our eyes and it's very frustrating. So the internet is going wild. The internet is super fucking pissed because, rightfully so, we have been following Cody's story. We all love Cody. He's the biggest babyface in the company, and we want to see him kick the shit out of Roman at Mania and win the title that they stole from his daddy in the garden. And so, finish the story! (laughs) That's basically where we are right now, is... It's come out and different different things have come out where like maybe it's a work, maybe it wasn't a work, but now they're going to make it a work now to kind of like now they want to backtrack a little bit and and maybe they knew what they were doing to, to rile yeah. us up and maybe they aren't. And we're still kind of stuck right now in the middle of nowhere, not really knowing what's happening. What's come to fruition lately is maybe perhaps in early January, Rock started talking about coming back into the fold. And that potentially it was decided before Royal Rumble that The Rock was going to fight Roman at Mania, which makes even less sense to have Cody win the Rumble. Just bring The Rock in at 30 and have him win the Rumble. We'd still be pissed, but we wouldn't be this pissed, not even close to this pissed. And it I mean, been, Punk yeah, gets injured, yeah. and so perhaps that's part of it, and the Vince shit, so that is also another kind of way that people are looking at it, that potentially they wanted to do this at, they wanted to do Roman Rock at like SummerSlam, or at one of the Saudi shows after Mania, after Cody had beat him, to strip him of the head of the table, but they wanted to kind of deflect from the Vince shit, and maybe The Rock has a fucking movie filming in August, 
and 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 maybe there's also other like talk on the internet that maybe the rock is talking about he wants to beat roman which makes even less sense because the rock can't fucking defend the championship on a week to week or month to month or even the bullshit schedule roman's been pulling basis it'd be way less than what roman's been doing lately and he's not doing shit two years he's not doing shit so it makes no sense on every every level, and with the with the idea coming into this that like we're gonna have oh we're gonna bring in the casual fans like even casual fans have access to the internet and they're even when they look that up oh, oh the Rock is facing Roman Reigns oh I want to check check in on that and then they go to Twitter and they see that the 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 audience that is invested in this hates it what do you think the casual fans are gonna really gleam off of or like gleam from this they're they're gonna they're gonna also go like okay maybe this is stupid just it's just wild stuff i'm just gonna pitch right now what my hope is what happens my main hope which is not going to happen it's become increasingly evident that it's not going to happen is that rock beats roman at the elimination chamber he doesn't go for the belt he goes for head of the table and he strips him of head of the table. then And then the bloodline dissolves over the next couple months. They pull a swerve. Cody faces him at Mania and takes the belts. Alternate pitch, which is more likely, is that The Rock does not challenge for the championship. He challenges exclusively for head of the table. He beats Roman at Mania, takes the head of the table. Cody then takes the belt off of him at Saudi or at SummerSlam. It's much less satisfying but maybe it's something other than waiting for Cody for another fucking year. Like, I want him to have that mania moment. But if you put the belt on him at SummerSlam or Saudi, then you have a chance of having Punk come back and win a championship eventually and then have Punk and Cody at next WrestleMania. Which could be huge. Absolutely. And that's if booked right now. And then, well, there was another thing I was pitching too, is that night one, what was, what was my pitch for the super duper king shit championship? Do you remember? (laughs) Cause it was great. Yeah. Okay. So I think your pitch was, uh, at elimination chamber, Cody takes the the title heavyweight champion takes the title of the World Heavyweight Championship. Right. Then... And then... At Mania, something happens and he's able to get the uh, the Universal title and then uniting the titles at Mania. But I do think that this we're... ends with Cody winning all, I guess, technically three championships, but I, they've, they've eliminated. It's undisputed in the world. I think this ends with Cody winning both as a makeup for how much they fucked him around. I just don't know when it's going to happen. But I do think that is the end game here moving forward. Which could work, but it's hard to feel... It's hard not to feel like the wind was taken out of our sails here. Absolutely. It it definitely is a betrayal by the company. And it might... (laughs) Betrayal. It might be a work, but I don't think it is. I think they thought this was going to be great, and everyone is just going to fucking hate it. And... They're going to yeah. try to position it as it was a work all along. But I I, I think if it, they yeah. do change the plans, it's going to be a pivot. 
So this is this is Tyler and I for the entire weekend. We're constantly texting each other. We're sending each other like news updates. We even see each other on Saturday night. I think the first thing we do to each other is we do the the Weta ones, yeah. finger point in the air, just sad. Everyone hates us. Will had an album. Us. Will's band had an album release on Saturday, and I was there for the show. And basically, Will and I just talked about wrestling the entire time until Will went on stage, and then I danced and I sang. And I showed my support for my good buddy, Will. And then we talked about wrestling some more, and I got the fuck out of there. <laughs> yeah, and well, and I, I, it was a terrible night. <laughs> <laughs> All I could think about was Cody. I was in the mall earlier that day, and I'm with, with Kate, and she like points out some clothes, and she's like, oh, that's cute. And I don't even respond. I don't even acknowledge that she's talked to me at that moment. And she's like... Hey, I'm talking to you. I was like, I'm sorry, went, I'm thinking about Cody. Hey, hey, Will, Will, acknowledge me. And then you punched her right in the face. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Triggering. No. So, yeah, I was going through a lot this weekend. Uh, and the thing that we were all waiting for, which we're going to talk about, I think, right now, is what are what will the response be on Monday Night Raw? Because the, right. response, the response that is getting... Over this weekend, the amount of articles that are getting pushed out, we're hearing we're hearing comments from Dave Meltzer, and we're hearing comments from other TKO like behind the scenes people. We're hearing stories from people backstage at SmackDown going like, "I don't know if this is gonna work out." So there is so many rumors and just stories going on, and it's 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 controversial as fuck. So you know that they're gonna have to address it on Monday Night Raw. So Tyler, let's go. Let's let's take it to Monday Night Raw this week. Okay, so it's Raw. It's February fifth, live from St. Louis, Missouri, and we got Seth leading off the program. Okay, so let's see what we got going on here. Everyone knows what we want to talk. What do you want to talk about, St. Louis? We want to talk about you getting fucked over, Cody. So out comes Seth. Crowds wants Cody. Seth goes, you know oh. what? You got him. Cody, get the fuck out here. Let's talk about it. Hold on. Um, hold on. Right, be- right before. <laughs> I totally forgot about this. So the night on Sunday night, there's promos go- going out for Monday Night Raw regarding what, we're, what we can possibly see in terms of the booking. Oh, God. I forgot and, about it. Oh, uh, man. And I forgot about it spots- again. I, yes. I'm going to talk a lot on this program about how much I forget about what is going to happen at the end of this program. And I even forgot about to talk about it at the beginning of this podcast, of this yeah. this section of the podcast. Keep, keep continue. So this Sunday, WWE has been playing it safe. But you go to any video on their Instagram, on their Twitter, on anything that they post is just nonstop. We want Cody. Hashtag we want Cody. You fucked over Cody. Cody over Rock any day. Rocky sucks. It's just it's nonstop. And then they post a video saying Shinsuke Nakamura attacks fucking Cody Rhodes backstage at the in Texas. And it's just a quick clip of Cody Rhodes coming backstage and Shinsuke spitting paint in his face, doing his little like little shimmy dance and then fucking off. And then Adam Pierce posts a little video going like, guess what, people? Tomorrow night, Cody Rhodes, Shinsuke Nakamura bull rope match i send this to tyler and i'm like what the fuck are these people on 
So infuriating. So incredibly infuriating. We're going to fucking run this shit back. We'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. Because I have thoughts about it, but we'll talk about it when we get there. So, we'll reset here. Raw. Seth comes out. They want Cody. Seth gives it to him. Here comes Cody. Cody pops. But everyone seems just a touch hesitant with the Cody pop this week. It's a lighter pop. Yep. Everyone's a little, Everyone wants to hear what he has to say. So... The Rocky Sucks chant comes back big time, um, which is great. Love to hear it. I just, I let's just, uh, let's just make sure the whole die Rocky die thing doesn't come back because that wasn't even a good look in like '96, right? And <laughs> as much as I'm mad at the Rock right now, and believe me, I'm fucking pissed at the Rock. I let's let's just stay away from those die Rocky die chants. I, I might, you know, actually, I might get a little nostalgic for them if they came back. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Given, uh, let me tell given you, the if the fucking if the main event in Philly at Mania is Roman versus The Rock, I guarantee you will hear the Die Rock we'll Die it. chants because that we'll Philly crowd it. is wild. So they'll eat them alive. <laughs> Seth asks, "Are you going to fight me at WrestleMania?" And the Drew music hits like absolutely like right away, and Drew comes out, and in He's the midst firing. of this hurricane of nonsense, Drew comes out. With the confidence of a thousand chads. And he is on fucking fire. This heel run has just been molded expertly by him. No one wants to boo this man. And he is out here nailing it. Just nailing it. Because he's he he's he's acting like the avatar of us right now. Like this unhinged. I, I I don't even know how to describe it, but the moment he like r- rips, he starts talk he starts talking to Seth, and he's like he's he's working this this uh, this angle for him and McIntyre for the belt, and then he shows uh the shirt that he got commissioned, which is based <laughs> off a meme that he posted on Twitter, uh of McIntyre standing over a grave with a tombstone that says CM Punk's WrestleMania event 2024 to 2024 and i'm like i'm so fucking in mcintyre is crushing it let him rut let him cook man just let him do everything he wants because it is so good um yeah i mean there's really not much more to say about this promo yeah they they punt on it it's a disappointing finish but you know they're not gonna they're not gonna have cody say he's gonna fight roman for now i mean sorry uh, fight rollins for now i guess and we're back into another three-hour raw slugfest. <laughs> yeah, and it's such a weird this whole this whole episode is so weird to watch. And I am gonna be honest here. This was a very hard episode for me to watch because the entire time I was watching it, I was on my phone checking updates and trying to find like, is there anything going on backstage, or is there is there are there is is there anything that's happened like. If the time, like if I'm behind the live event at all, if there's anything that's come out like ahead of me that people are talking yeah, about. Yeah, you just want more news. You don't give a shit news. about this fucking four, another four-way tag team qualifying for a qualifying for a qualifying for elimination chamber. Yeah, who gives a fuck? I don't care. I I need answers for this situation that they've created here, and I'm not getting any. And I feel like throughout this entire evening the 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 wind is just taken out of everybody's sails here like the performances don't have that that oomph that you're looking for and the crowd is just like 
They're pissed. They're pissed. You yeah. can feel the crowd being pissed. Like I'd rather just have like, like an hour long podcast with fucking Cody in the middle of the ring getting interviewed by Cole. Absolutely. Well, I guess in this case, Graves. No wait, absolutely. we're on raw again, Cole. <laughs> so the crowd is not in on this. Like even there's some good spots here as well, but the crowd is just not buying it. You can feel the crowd is not buying it. They're just like not popping. You can see we want Cody signs, and that's where like things start getting weird for me when I'm like on the internet. So uh, somebody posts a picture that's at the event. They said that. Uh, these pieces of paper, these eight by 11 white sheets of paper are being handed out to the crowd throughout the stadium, uh, with a, with on it printed hashtag, we want Cody. So now I'm thinking like, like what's going on here? Like, what is this? A is this a like, uh, because it's an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper, you can print hundreds of those and just hand them out. Like no problem. You can just do it anywhere. You can even do it backstage as like a, a quick workaround. But I've also seen them do this for yeah. Like they would print out the right. yeah logo for LA Night and give it to people in the crowd when they want to get LA Night over. So I wouldn't put it above WWE to run with this in some sort of way. But I find it hard to believe that this is something that they're planning or have planned in the past. Like I, 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 it's, I struggle with the idea with the rock going into a boardroom and going like the crowd will hate me and it's going to be great. Like, I no don't matter, think no matter positions what, himself. Like, I think it's a pivot. If anything, if it is something be being or- orchestrated by WWE, I don't think it has the foresight of several weeks. I think they saw the response and then acted accordingly. I also don't think that necessarily the signs were from WWE. I think, the general consensus right now is that they weren't. That might change. That mm. might also be a work. I don't know. But yeah, it's the Raw. You know, we start off with another four-way tagged qualifier for the qualifier for the qualify. My bet immediately is on DIY just because they've been getting a push lately. And DIY versus Dunn and Bait would be like a really good indie AEW style match. And they could sure. probably go for a while. And that could actually headline like Raw or SmackDown next week. So they're probably also the only credible team to win over Judgment Day, which is they're going to lose the championships sooner rather than later, I think. Because you you have to expect that the – I mean, this has been my theory for a long time. And this is something I've touched on with you, I believe, uh, at an earlier date. But my theory is that we're going to get – J.D. McDonough gave J.D. McDonough gave Priest the new Money in the Bank briefcase. And how long ago was that? No, like four or five months ago, maybe six. Yeah, a while ago. So my theory has been since the beginning of this is that that was going to be the downfall of Judgment Day. Was eventually Priest was going to cash in, and the contract would not be in. He was going to cash into the perfect time and the contract would not be in the briefcase because J.D. McDonough switched it out when he gave him the new briefcase. So I think we're leading to the end of Judgment Day or at least the end of Priest being into it. So I think the titles are going to come off them pretty soon and then that might happen at WrestleMania or Elimination Chamber or something because it doesn't really fit in WrestleMania right now currently as constructed. So um, I think DIY is one of the only real tag teams that um, could use the bump 
to get over on on Judgment Day, and they've been pushing them pretty hard. So yeah, anyways, it's a it's a qualify for a qualifier. It's the exact same thing as Monday. You know, it's a bunch of teams running around doing spots. Who the fuck is the legal man? Everyone's getting a spot in. It, it, it's fine. They come in. They don't the even break. know. They don't even know who's legal at points. Yeah, to be fair, like they came out of the break with a Brutus covering Kaiser and then Kaiser tagging in uh, Vinci. And then they kept that for the rest of the match. And the finish was a, a nice finish by Ciampa pushing Gargano out of the way to get the legal cover, which I really yeah. appreciated that he kept that and kept track of that. And they actually finished it with the right two people. But this is exactly what I thought was going to happen. A- any comments on this? Nope. Keep it okay, moving. Moving on. Yep. Uh, we get a Baszler promo. I like Shayna Baszler more than most, I think. Uh, I really want to fucking end the sparkly makeup and, like, the stars and her ring attire. Like, she's a fucking badass. Put her out there in jeans and a tank top and a and a leather jacket or, or MMA gear. Uh, like, just try to... Try to promote her with a little bit more realism than we're seeing would be fucking wonderful. Yeah. Um, but she's gonna fight Lynch, and we get a, we get Lynch delivering a promo with the walk to the ring too, which we talked about earlier in the show that that's becoming more and more prevalent. Uh, it, it was it was great it was it was great you know it was really good for a middle of the show women's match that didn't really mean much. I think it was an EC qualifier. Um, it was an EC qualifier. You know, uh, the wrist spot up the stairs was a bit weak, but, you know, they, they played the arm um, for the most of the match. They told a good story. Becky doesn't really have a lot of stinker matches, uh, but Baszler looked way better than she normally looks in this match because Becky knows how to work with anybody, and Baszler's looked the best that she's looked since she beat the Cheryl to Ronda at SummerSlam, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, yeah. they're not going to put her over to do anything. She just lost the EC match, so she's not going anywhere. Uh, any thoughts on the match? Can I keep going? No, keep going. I I thought it was a fine match. Uh, yeah, I'm with you with Baszler all the way. I think they got to switch up this gimmick thing to ma- to put her over in a different new way. Yeah, I just don't think she needs to look like every other woman out there. I think they're really doing a, her a disservice by kind of pasting her face with makeup like the rest of them and, and, and pushing her out there with these generic outfits and stuff, whatever. Anyways, end that shit. Uh, you got to live Morgan promo, weak as hell. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, she's great. coming for you, Rhea. I mean, yeah, cool. You better watch out, Rhea. You're going to go down next week for sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, whatever. Moving on. Um, <laughs> So they talk about the Nakamura Cody thing. And like I said earlier in the in talking about Raw, I had already forgotten about Nakamura and Cody doing the bull rope match. And it comes, they, they, they promote it. And I'm like, oh, God, I completely fucking forgot they're doing this stupid bullshit. And you're like, why? I like, why? You know, I'll talk about it a little bit more later, but I love gimmick matches. I love them. Um, but they're supposed to be for a reason. They have to have a buildup. You have a bull rope match because you have a shit eating heel who keeps, you know, maybe they have the championship and they keep disqualifying themselves to retain or 
they keep running away and, and counting themselves out to retain or to escape the baby face, even if there is no championship, just running away from them. And you do a bull rope match to keep them within distance of each other in order for the baby face to get his retribution. And this, this is out of fucking nowhere. Just literally out of nowhere. Like, we're going to have a bull rope match. Because fuck it, why not? we got to distract everyone. fuck it. Anyways, I'll, I'll talk about it more when we get there. Uh, Pierce and Drew promo. Drew's going to get fined. Production hit Rhea just a tad earlier for music. Because they were doing that thing where they are doing the promo in front of a screen. And then Rhea goes yeah. out there. And, and Pierce has got to come out and... And and uh, and break everything up, but they the production got it fucked up there. But no big deal. No, I think I think this was a work. I think this was a, a work here because the way that Pierce sells and the way that the screen is positioned on on uh, behind uh, Drew and Pierce, I think this was a work, and I think it was supposed to give Pierce like a level of like I can't talk about this right now. Fuck you. I gotta go deal with this right now because she's just walking right. out there. So. Him, him having this like, like flustered, running around the backstage trying to deal with nonsense uh, angle, I really enjoyed, and especially in the wake of this "We Want Cody" movement, I want to see a little bit more of that of like a really frazzled Adam Pierce, just like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> it was, it was, it wasn't bad. You know, we get the basic thing you thought going into this. Rhea goes out. She wants Jax after what happened last week. Pierce comes out. You can have her at Elimination Chamber. And when Jax's music hit, I swear to God, I saw him mouth, oh, for fuck's sakes, which I really <laughs> loved in the moment. Uh, I may have mis- misread that lip, but I thought it was really good. I mean, Pierce, is, he, he has great visuals. And there's a reason they, you know, he's an ex-wrestler, but there's a reason they put him into this position. He knows how to play the part, and he's really good at it. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. Nijax, go away. Hate you. Then we got Tozawa and Maxine versus uh, Viking A and Valhalla. You know, quick squash match. Basically, Very quick. exactly what I you thought. The best part of the match was, was fucking Cole and uh, Cole and um, uh, uh, God, what's his name? Thank you, McAfee. Talking about medieval times, loved that. <laughs> Huge fan of that whole interaction. Just, just I want to say right now, I went to medieval times. Red Yellow was my guy. He made it to the final. And he fucking won. And it was one of the greatest moments of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Red, yellow, all the way, baby. Every time. Um, And then we got JD backstage. R-Truth, again, thinks he was jumped in. Priest just gives up and says, yeah, just hang out in the clubhouse, man. We got shit to do. Make yourself Uh, at home. Yeah, exactly. So now we got uh, JD McDonough and The Miz. Um... (laughs) JD accompanied by Dom. Dom doing his doing you know his concierge thing. Dom is great. Like Dom is great yeah. at everything he does. Uh, no it's real weird complaints. Because like Dom has kind of like suffered from the r truth thing because you only have so much room for Judgment Day, and r truth is so good that it's true. But the, the, JD used to just be about Dom getting booed, and now it's more about what's r truth gonna do next. But they still boo Dom. <laughs> So it's, but we it's, still you know, boo Dom. It's all good. Dom's a true worker too. Like watching him get his ass beat, like week after week after week. Like he he knows how to work and make these matches and get people to boo him. He knows exactly what he's doing. He understands the ring psychology, the whole bit. Um, 
does our truth take the wind out of his sails? I don't think so. I think truth puts him over more than he, more than he buries him. Like yeah, rumble, I think it's for more example, like that take, like that tag that they did was fucking great. And I, <laughs> and so like, good. even like Dom's cell of being strangled by Gunther and then jumping the tag truth in. Yeah. Great stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's more of like, like it's a more of a mini punt for, for Dom, you know, we'll get back to booing Dom and hating Dom eventually, but for now we can just focus a little bit on truth. Like the, the heat on Dom isn't going anywhere. People love to boo him. Uh, then we come back out. We get Pearson Imperium backstage. They want the party to be perfect. Yada, yada, yada. Braun comes out. It does look like Braun Breaker is getting that push. I think he's going to be full-time on Raw moving forward, but we'll see what goes on with that. Then we Makes move on to the to Gunther. Me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it's a big man to do big Lesnar-esque things, right? When Bobby's Honestly, fucking tied up with the dum-dums. I feel like he'd probably be better utilized on SmackDown because the raw roster is just so it's just so stacked. Like it's really hard yeah. to maneuver. So I think if if Braun if the, if they were playing this right, I'd probably move Braun onto SmackDown where he probably has a little bit of maneuverability with guys like uh Austin Theory, KO, Logan, uh LA Knight. You know, there there's 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 room here. Yeah, in uh, in SmackDown. While I think because of Cody and the and the air that he sucks out of that room right now, there's not a lot of maneuverability because they're going to be playing. They're going to be putting out fires here and there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Um, so now we got the Gunther celebration. Not much to say about this. It's, you know, I do love that Michael Cole <laughs> and continues to stick with the Pat Pat. Do you, are you aware of the Pat Patterson Intercontinental Championship story? No, I am not. So Pat Patterson is the first Intercontinental Champion, and it's always been said that he won it in a tournament in Rio de Janeiro. That tournament never happened. Ah, <laughs> they literally just like gave him the belt in 1975 when they created it or whatever, and then stuck with that line for a long time until the internet came around and people were like, "There was no tournament." <laughs> <laughs> and wrestlers who were around were like, "We no, we didn't go to Brazil. They just gave him the championship and told and <laughs> some people in New York that he won it in the tournament." Um, and I love that they keep that going. It's it's really cute, and I like it. I I don't really know about the Jay Gunther stuff. Like Jay does not need to be put over. There is no nothing gained by him winning the Intercontinental Championship in my eyes. I think if you're going to have someone dethrone Gunther, it's got to be like a Braun Breaker, someone who really stands something to gain with that immediate win. Um, maybe they're just setting it up for a match at, yeah, Elimination Chamber. That you know that seems likely to me. Um, it does seem like because it does seem like this was planned. Because if you go back, like I don't know, four weeks ago before Rumble. There are segments backstage where you would see New Day. They're like licking their wounds, and then Jay would show up, and you go yeet. Yeah, you just walk away, and yeah. then, you know. So I think they were sprinkling that in. So I don't think it was out of left field, um, but I think it's also it. There's a there's there's a lack of challengers right now for Gunther for Gunther because he's already kind of tore through the the guys that are most viable, and the one I think. Jay is probably the next one in line to get tore through. 
Yeah, you know unfortunately, I mean? maybe. I, you know, I'd rather have Gunther win over Jay, honestly. Uh, probably Fair with enough, some interference. Because yeah. I, I just, again, I just don't think it makes sense for someone who's as over as Jay to be the one to dethrone Gunther. But we'll see where they go with that. Like I said, it's probably just setting up a match at Elimination Chamber so that all the Australians can yell yeet and they'll love it. And then boo the share to Gunther when Kaiser or Vinci comes in and betrays them. Or maybe Jimmy shows up and they set something up for WrestleMania. Maybe Jay Jimmy at WrestleMania. I'll yeah. take it. You know, you don't need to have stakes on that match. You don't need to have a championship for that. Um, anyways, we'll see where that goes. Uh, another Nakamura pro- promo. I, again, have blissfully forgot about this main event at this point yeah. in the match. Like, and I oh, remember fuck, again. that's going to happen. And now I'm remembering all the rock shit again and getting angry. And then we'll move on to the women's tag match. Will, they love I to dance. I skipped this one. <laughs> they love to dance so much. I don't know if you yeah. know about this, but they love to dance. I know. So it's, it's just a bunch of bullshit. So let me just go. Dancing. Let me just go off for a second here. I'm going to give you about 30 seconds to a minute on this match. A bunch of fucking flippy, set piece laden, three quarter speed garbage that just got worse and worse. These people have at least worked together once on television, and it's worse than the last. It's blown spots did you did you skip this match completely yeah i was not paying attention sorry well i i i i I want you to go back and watch this for the comedy it is one of the worst matches on primetime wwe television in a long time blown spots everything is messy everything is slow the crowd is just dying a slow death this is like the third week they've put on a women's or the third event or fourth event where they've put a women's tag spot in before the main event. And it's so fucking bad. And I'm, I'm like, I'm watching it and I'm getting angrier. And then I start thinking about The Rock again. And I get even no. angrier because I, the, the fucking <laughs> wrestling's so bad that I'm thinking about The Rock Cody stuff and what's going to happen with Nakamura in the next match. And I just, I'm just start getting angry again. And then I look at my television screen and there goes fucking. Caden Carter or Katana Chance or one of those someone's flipping off the top rope and landing three feet away from the two Japanese girls who are also not that good at working and then they fall over and oh my god poor Asuka save Asuka from this nonsense can we end (laughs) this run so that she can go back to fucking like is this her punishment for hurting Charlotte Flair to be stuck in this match these matches with three women who just do not know how to wrestle. Yeah. It's rough. <sighs> okay. Anyways. I quick interview you. with Sammy. It was Sammy good. showing some rage. Good interview. Love it. See where that goes. No idea what's in store for him in the future. And then Probably we... another McIntyre match. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Something just more delaying. And then we get to the final. And, and like I said, I don't even really want to go into this too much honestly it's disappointing to see a bull rope match pulled out for nothing i love gimmick matches when they have a reason for them this they're had trying, zero reason for it they're they're trying to find some reason for it and it's such a weird it's so it's so twilight zone right now because this bull rope match the bull rope they're using they make a specific point of saying like this is like the first or maybe dusty roads one of the ones dusty rose used this is a this is an old bull rope and it has history with it and they keep referring to cody's family 
during this match. And Michael Cole, like I'm, and I'm scrolling Twitter, like watching it live and I'm like on hashtag WWE raw. And I'm like trying to see what's going on here. And Michael Cole alludes to the match with Roman and rock as not being set in stone yet. And then he also makes a point of mentioning that Cody has not made his choice yet. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Giving me hope. Give me answers. Giving I'm, me hope. I, yeah, I, which goes to show to me like this does seem like like this is they're adjusting, they're they're changing track from what they thought was going to be a really great uh, uh, reception on Friday night, uh, and this bull rope match. It's it's fine. It's fine. It was a for, fine match for what it but was, it's, but it doesn't utilize. The bull rope at all. Well, that's the thing is like, and this is why I want a slight return to blood. I want WWE to have bloody matches once a month. You know, like I want or in the right spots once every three months. Like you have a match here with a weapon and this bull rope and you're trying to make it emotional, but you're cutting to the, you, they cut to two breaks during this match. And at the beginning of the match, they had me. They were doing good work with the rope, uh, some of the old spots that you see in these types of matches, and it was fine. You know, with Nakamura, I keep feeling like people want to cheer for Nakamura. It's it's very difficult for him to be an intimidating heel when he keeps getting beaten by everybody. So he's kind of due for another face turn. The song fucking rips. Let's be honest. So good. It's so fucking great. People want yeah. to cheer for him. They want to sing the song. They want him to do shit. Like when he was doing the tiny ball stuff with Miz, that was great. I liked him in that spot, even though it was more mid-card, lower mid-card stuff. I'd like to see a return to that. But, you know, even the the match, they're, they're two great workers. They've been in the business a long time. And then you're breaking it up with these breaks. And I'm thinking about The Rock again. Yep. And then I get back into the match, and then it's another break. And I'm thinking about The Rock again. Yeah, and they come back from the second break, and I'm hoping hoping Cody just like dispatches them really quickly. And I think the most frustrating part of it is like this is this should be the match where Cody's beaten the shit out of this guy a couple times, and he got attacked again unceremoniously. Cody should be beating the living hell out of Nakamura in the middle of the ring. Absolutely, Cody should be choking him with that rope, whipping him with that rope, hitting him with that bell. It should be a, just, just a slobber fest. It really that's, should be, and they didn't yeah. deliver. And that's just that's something that would be really frustrating for me on any. It'd be way more frustrating for me on any other event. It's just the fact that it's all underlined with the Rock and Roman stuff that it almost like makes me less frustrated with it because I'm already so disappointed in the product right now that it's like I don't even have the time to be angry about the misuse of this match and in this spot. The worst part for me was when the broadcast ended near the end of the match. So I didn't see how it culminated. My broadcast feed ended, and it just went back to the very beginning. So I had to furiously go to the internet and try to find out. Did you see the McIntyre blindside? I did, eventually, like 20 minutes later. Oh, but it got cut off of the long... It got cut off. But it got cut off. Interesting. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't realize that. I mean, yeah. I mean, McIntyre came in with a blindside, and 
I, I think that's probably what the initial plan was, was for them to fight at Elimination Chamber, just to kind of give Cody something to do for a bit. Um, and we'll see where that goes. But we only have one more Raw until Elimination Chamber. So it seems like not a lot of time to set up that particular match. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Things are messy right now. Thanks to Dwayne. Thanks to Dwayne. Thanks to Dwayne. And at the, and at the end of it, no answers, no answers whatsoever. Actually there were when they cut, when they, when the broadcast ended, uh, there, uh, Sammy Zayn came back out. Uh, I think there was like a match with Drew and somebody else. I can't remember. Uh, or not Drew, uh, with uh, Cody and somebody else. I don't exactly know. But then there was a moment at the very, very end where Sammy was like, I've been hearing these three words for this whole, for the last like four days. And there's something that the people want. And it's and it's you. And you're the best. He gives like, he really puts Cody over in this moment. And Cody then takes the mic. And this is the first thing he says all night. He doesn't, Cody doesn't say fucking anything on air. Nothing on air. And Cody's answer or Cody's like uh, response here. He's like, I'm really appreciative. Uh, It feels so good to be wanted because I've always wanted you, the fans. I I do this for you. Uh, Everybody go home. Everybody get home safe. So no answers. He's playing this so gracefully. And the the thing here is like that makes me so angry is that this fucking guy is such a great company man. He is he's doing his best to deal with the 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 backlash here and do what's best for what's going on in the company and not a and I don't get a spiteful bone in his body about it. Upset maybe, but not spiteful, not hateful. And I'm like, it's true. God damn it. Get that fucking boy a belt. Finish the fucking story. I know. It just drives me nuts. He's just and like ah Ah! I know I it's, it's so it, ugh, it's so funny alright so, yeah at the end of this Raw we have more questions than answers we have no idea what's going on the rumors going around Wrestlemania, WrestleMania are insane there is conspiracies upon conspiracies upon conspiracies at this point like if this is a work like I said at the top of this episode if this is a work pre-planned, pre-orchestrated by The Rock and his creative team that has now kind of marched their way into the WWE offices and set up shop. This possibly could go over as one of the biggest rope-a-dope dupes on the entire fandom as, like, ever, really. Like, the response to this has been insane. I I can't even imagine, I can't even think of another situation like this where the, the, where the booking f- created such a response like the one that we're seeing here. And the reason why I don't think it's a work is because of the response we're getting. I feel like they were expecting something else. They were expecting a lot more love for this. And they've even fed stories out into the out into the industry in a number of ways through ASPN. Like when you read these articles uh, that were trying to vouch for Rock versus Rock versus Roman. And all of those articles would be just torn apart with we want Cody hashtags everywhere. Yeah, just eviscerated. So, just eviscerated. So it's 
they're 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 changing course here. They, I can't imagine that. This I hope was, so. I can't. I'm I can't imagine this was a work, and I can't imagine that they're going to keep going for it because the crowd is going to be like we're going to see it at every stadium as long as they keep this going. Like the crowd's going to kind of turn on them a little bit. They we saw it on Monday. We 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 heard rumors that they even did it in Texas where they were just chanting we want Cody, Rocky sucks. I think even in this opening segment with Roman or with Rollins on Raw, I genuinely think there was a level of like they weren't expecting the crowd reaction that to be what it was. I don't maybe that's yeah. just me. Maybe that's just me because Rollins also says something along the lines of like, well, I can smell what what's cooking something along those lines. And it garners a response. And then the crowd just runs with it and they can't even get a word in, but I really hope they backtrack. That could be a work to some extent. I really hope so. But we, we, we won't know. We won't know until Friday. Well, we won't know until Thursday. Because we'll have this press conference and we'll see where we stand there and see what the reaction is like. Because that is open to the public as well. And it's yeah. free to get in. And that could get real ugly for them. What I hope, what I hope here is McIntyre rolls in on a fucking stallion. All right? <laughs> We're wearing a full Scottish, ring gear. A, a Scottish stallion. A Scottish stallion. Horse wearing a kilt. Uh, in ring gear. Um... Uh, with the T-shirt, with the <laughs> death of CM Punk's WrestleMania <laughs> main event uh, T-shirt, and just tears ass through Cody, through The Rock, through Rollins. <laughs> oh my God, that would be amazing. <laughs> just go unhinge, McIntyre. I give you full reign. You could, McIntyre. You have the opportunity here to hijack this entire year, and it be and it would be great. It would make be. it your story, Drew. Make it your story. Finish McIntyre. the story, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for SmackDown, and we'll have we'll touch on the press conference, and we've done another long one. We did it again. Oops, we did it again. But I think you know I'd be remiss if we didn't play a little game. All right. Dun, dun. Okay. A game we will play, and it will be fun. They were born in the same year, but which one is young? One's old by some months, but their lives are not done. They were born in the same year, but which one is young? (laughs) Okay, so we've got another game for you, Willie Bean. All right, let's go. It's time to play a game. <laughs> Don't you fucking say that again. I'm really, really at my end here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's play a quick game here, Will. It's uh, it's time to play the game. The game where Will always loses and there are no prizes anyways. This, is, this will be their year. A game where I tell you two wrestlers born in the same year, Will. And I want you to guess which one is younger. Oh, God. Okay. Which one is younger? 
All right. So I kind of I kind of blew this. I think in retrospect, I probably should have just told you they were two wrestlers, and you pick which one was younger, and see how long it took for you to realize that they were all born in the same year. But it's too late for that now. Um, all right, your first two. Okay. Randy Keith Orton. Clarified that from last week. Randy Keith Orton or Shinsuke Nakamura. Same which year. one is younger? Born in 1980. 1980. Ooh, good question. Good question. Good question. I think, I think, I think Randy Keith Orton is younger. Oh, that is a no point for Will. Unfortunately, that's Shinsuke Nakamura, born February 24th, 1980, one day before my birthday. And Randy Keith Orton, born on April 1st. April 1st. Damn it. April 1st. This game sucks. All right, number two. (laughs) We have Roman Reigns versus the Woe Man, Cody Rhodes. Both born in 1985. Will, which one is younger? I fucking hate you so much. Why would you bring those two names up at the end of this? You know how many feelings I have Roman invested? Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes. Oh. You're going to get them against each other in this one way and this one way only. Which one is younger? I fucking hate you so much. Uh, oh, wait. I think I said I think I said Shinsuke. <laughs> no, Shinsuke would be older if he was born in February 24th, and Randy would be younger. And the game so is I was right. who is younger. Randy Orton, that is a point for Will. Will's one for one. Mother okay, moving fucker. on. Roman Reigns. You're good. See, you're lucky I'm not good at math, and I just trust people inherently, because I was willing just to keep <laughs> walking through that. Drive Steve nuts on the pot, on the Chapter by Chapter <laughs> podcast. Um, Didn't even fucking figure that out. Uh, okay, so who's younger between Roman and Cody? I'm going to say Roman. Roman is unfortunately older. He was born on May 25th, and Cody was born on June 30th of 1985. Both of them 1985. That is a no win for Will on that one. Okay. Number three, we got Braun Breaker, the newest up-and-coming star in WWE, and Mr. Dominic Mysterio, both born in 1997. Really shows you how much of a push Dom has got early getting that bump. Both of these are... Second generation stars. I think Dom's actually a third. Both born in 1997. Will, who is younger? Oh, God. Now that I know that I'm older than Braun Breaker and Dominic Mysterio, that just, that that's weird for me. It just gets worse, man. As, as someone who's significant, is seven years older than you, it just gets worse. Ooh, man. Um, Braun. I'm going to say Braun's younger. That is correct, Will. Braun Breaker born on October 24th of 1997, while Dominic Mysterio came in at April 5th of 1997. Very April boy, Dom. Big stuff. He's an April boy. There's my Aries, bro. All right. Next, Will. If you get this one, you have won the game. We have, in the year of 1989, Bailey or Bianca Belair. Oh, that's a hard one. Oh, that's hard because they both exude very young energy. Like they do. Bailey, Bailey to me feels like she's like like she reminds me of my little sister in a lot of ways. Mm, right. Uh, Bianca is like almost Gen Z personified. So much energy. So both much born energy. in '89. Kind of surprising. But, yeah, '89. Only um, one year older than or one year younger than me makes me feel real old. 
Oh man, I'm gonna say this. This is tough. Younger, younger, younger. Bianca is younger. Well, that is incorrect. Fuck. Bailey born June fifteenth of that year, and Miss Bianca Belair April ninth, April ninth of nineteen eighty nine. All right. For all the, all the marbles, Will, you're, you're two for four right now. Will you win this game? Both born in 1949. We have okay. Ric Flair or Jerry the King Lawler. Which Ooh. one is younger? Both are old as shit, but which both one is younger? Are, both are old as shit. Which a lot of surprises younger? on this list of people born in the same year, honestly. Did not feel like Ric Flair and Jerry Lawler were born in the same year. Certainly did not feel like Bailey and Bianca or <laughs> Braun and Dom were born in the same year. Yeah, there's a lot of miles on that Ric Flair life, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, like like actual age, Ric Flair is definitely older. Ric Flair is dead. <laughs> Ric Flair has died several times. He's like a cat. Yeah. He just keeps on getting back up and going for a drink. Um. Fuck, that's a hard one. Uh, I I'm gonna go. I'm gonna uh, Ric Flair. Ric Flair's younger. Ooh, that is incorrect. Will Ric Flair Fuck. born on the best day of the year, February 25th? That's my birthday, guys. And Jerry the King Lawler born on November 29th. I'm not gonna do your birthday. November. You know, for the longest time, Ric Flair, and still actually to this day, Ric Flair is the only person I really know as the same birthday as me that was any sort of famous. Like, I remember when the internet came out, and I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I went on the Wikipedia, and I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are, but I know who Ric Flair is. That's kind of cool. <laughs> so, Will lost again, but it didn't matter anyways, because there are no prizes. That is the end of the podcast for today. Thanks for sticking out for another long one. I know we said we were going to go early. But, I mean, like, it's really hard not to talk about Cody and Look, Rock it's been a crazy Roman. week. It's been a really crazy two weeks to just start a wrestling podcast as we're just getting our feet wet doing this It's, like, show. it's really tough, you know? And, I mean, like, I, I can almost guarantee you, you know, we had to shovel three shows in on this one. And we had to talk about Roman and, and Rock and Cody for a bit. I, I will assure you these will get shorter. But... For these first two weeks, you got a long slog. But remember, you can always check those timestamps on the podcast if you want to skip past the news or skip to a specific event that we're covering or right to the game time, which is clearly the surprise hit and breakout of the show. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's that's the end of the uh, – that's the end of the game. <laughs> the game already ended. That was, that was pointless. I just wanted to do it. Um, who's your winner of the week, Will? I, we all know who the fuck, loser is, and it's fuck fucking you. Dwayne Johnson. Fuck you is the winner of the show. Fuck you. Who, you know who's the winner? The fucking TKO's pocketbooks. Because yeah. they're going to make money no matter what. Any publicity short of Vince raping someone is good publicity right now. And everyone is talking about WWE. So they're going to make a bunch of money. You. Here's a question for you. How much blow do you think Tony Khan did over the weekend? Well, like, that's the thing is, like, on one hand, from a wrestling fan standpoint, he was probably super happy that Punk was hurt and that they fucked up the Cody storyline. But on the other hand, it's just going to drive more eyes to his main competitor. So as a businessman, it's not good for him. 
That wasn't the question. How much Coke do you think he did this weekend? Uh, three grams is the answer. That's three grams. <laughs> three grams. He nailed it, everybody. Um, so I guess we'll take this opportunity here to just plug our other shows. I have a show called Who Killed the Radio Star with uh, Will's a podcast co-host on the one he's about to plug, Mr. Steve. Uh, we talk about like various things about the music industry. It's very inconsistent right now. I think we've had one in like a month, but it's a really good, quick and fun listen. It's not like boring slog through two and a half hours of us yelling about Cody. Um, uh, Will, your plugs? Yeah, I've got a show with uh, with Steve as well, our flagship show for the network. Uh, it's called the Chapter by Chapter Podcast. The new season, I think, is up this week on Friday. That will be Friday, February 9th. That's going to oh. be continuing on for the next two to three months. We're covering uh, Children of Dune, chapter by chapter. Uh, do we do a good job of it? Hell yeah. It's a, it's a podcast. Uh, the other show that I do... <laughs> is uh, called The Last Gen Arcade with my co-host Nathan Isles. Uh, that particular show, we go over retro video games and uh, we go through the development history for one episode and then we do another uh, episode where we review the game. We have various types of guests uh, from around the Calgary arts and music and writing scene and it's been super fun. Uh, as as like uh, Who Killed the Radio Star, it's a little bit of in a in a wishy-washy time-free zone right now because of life for the last Fair two, enough. two months but there's like 50 some odd episodes that you guys can listen to uh those episodes are also like two and a half to three hours long so i'm sorry if you got a lot of t if you don't have a lot of time to go through video game nonsense uh and then finally like tyler mentioned the show already i just released an album my band is called the galacticas it's out there on spotify on on all your streaming services you can look it up, look it up uh give us money and make me famous please hit that shit up on napster yo yeah uh, yeah so please uh i you know we're, we're finally rolling out here you can see us on youtube you can see us on um on on your apple podcasts on your google podcasts on your pocket tell your friends tell your wrestling friends about us uh, please email us at 14123% at gmail.com with any suggestions on things we can cover. We still haven't covered any of our topics next week. We will, when we're only covering two regular-ass shows where hopefully nothing crazy happens. And, the Rock and a press conference. Anyone. And a press conference. Um, guys, the numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster for you at Sacrifice. See you next week.